Okay. Well, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Harbor Site. I'm here with Ray Cashcare, former Navy Squeal, Seal. <laughs> Shit. Sorry. Sorry. It's already starting. <laughs> oh man, is this the first Navy Seal on? Well, you had Clint on, but he was on, um, not here in the studio. He came in. That's right. You're the first Navy SEAL in person. So suck it, Clint. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. Suck it. <laughs> Ray and Clint got into an argument just recently. Some brotherly love. It's funny. Shit happens. Shit happens. Yeah. Clint can be an asshole. He can. He can. And but, I look. But so can you. <laughs> I can too. So yeah. No, it's all good. Oh, man. Well, welcome, dude. Welcome to North Carolina. It's nice here, right? I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I like it a lot. One of the reasons why we came down here was uh, November 5th. We're running a squire program here and uh, and raised one of the main instructors for that. Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, yeah. We did a, no pun intended, a recon of the area, right? <laughs> I actually, it's funny. I was using, we did an internal meeting, that, that PDF that I showed you. And I was like, hey, so Ray's going to come down, do a PDSS and, and you know, look at everything for the squire program and that way he's got eyes on and everybody's like oh, what does that mean what does that mean i was like oh yeah he's doing yeah. a recon yeah so um so it actually is, is cool did were you guys able to go to the other locations um well i've been to west's before only per- place i haven't been yet is ryan's but he's kind of done the same thing gave us an aerial overview so it's yeah. it's legit yeah he's got a, he's got a good amount of land and that that barn is just badass up yeah. there yeah yeah Talking about Ryan Mickler, Order of Man. Mm. If you guys don't know, he's they're running. Uh, do you know the date for that one? Not offhand. Um, it's soon. It's in May. May twenty eighth. May twenty eighth. I just okay. remember that. Yep, May twenty eighth. Yeah, up in Maine. Um, and he's co He's co located close to the Origin guys, right? Yes. Yeah. Very. Cool. They're intertwined. Yeah. I'm waiting on my boots. Dude. So speaking of those boots, I she got me f- uh, a pair for Christmas. And when I first put them on, I was like, so I've never in my life worn a pair of true leather boots. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, 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 I've got boots from the store, but a real pair of handmade, handmade yeah, yeah, hard leather boots. And I was like, these fucking suck. You got to break them in. You got to make, yeah. a, you know, it takes time. So, yeah. So I was like, and I got a blister and I was like, these are, this is rough, man. But dude, once I broke them in, and that's what she said, because she buys Freebirds. Yeah, leather boots, handcrafted yeah. leather. Yeah, boots. and uh, she's like, you just gotta, you know, wear them in a little bit, dude. They are the most comfortable boots. But it's it's a love hate relationship at the beginning. You gotta show the them first, who's boss. Yeah, yeah. those first few days, yeah. those first few days was uncomfortable. But I mean, I'll have those boots for fifteen, twenty years. Oh, easy, yeah. easy, easy. The more they're the more they're worn in, the yeah. better they are. Yeah, yeah. Well, Ray, Mister Navy Seal, cash care, former Navy Seal. Go ahead. <laughs> um, where where did you come? Where did you grow up? I am a Baltimore native, so... So a criminal. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Just like, okay. you know... Uh, Did you yeah. get in trouble back in the day? Oh, a lot of trouble. I was really? An, yeah, I was an idiot. Yeah. Complete and utter idiot. Did you get caught doing anything? A couple times. So obviously I wasn't good at what I did. But yeah, I've I spent a little time in lockup and done a lot of stupid shit. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's... All before the Navy, obviously. All right? before the Navy. That All was, the stupid shit that was in the Navy is separate. That's Yeah, that's a whole separate <laughs> entity. We're compartmentalizing this, right? Let's stick to one fuck up <laughs> yeah. at a time. Um no, but I, that was one of the, definitely one of the contributing factors why I went to the Navy. I was not going anywhere and going and not going there fast, right? I was getting in a lot of trouble, fights, dumb shit. Uh, was a roofer, um, doing drugs, drinking. Well, how old were you when you were in the Navy? I was 19. Oh, okay. 19. 
Yeah, I mean, I was just, yeah, I'm a Jerry Springer show, man. I'm like, literally, if Jerry Springer was going to do like a 2022 billboard for White Trash of the Year, here I am. <laughs> but that's okay. You know, I, I accept where I came from, and I'm, I'm definitely trying to change the course of, of that. You definitely, it definitely said, have done It said that. Uh, you grew up without your dad, and you were taking care of your brothers on your bio. I was reading it. Uh, I didn't, my brother actually died of crib death. Um, before I was born. Oh, so wow. I actually have his name. So my real name, true story, I'm going to go, is Raymond, my, here we go, Raymond Martin Care Jr. is my name. Okay. But my real name is Raymond Martin Care III because my brother, Raymond Martin Care Jr., died of crib death, 9-11-1970. So I have actually one time in my life went to that, that plot and seen my name on there. It's creepy. So, um, that was, bef- that was before you were born huh? before I was born. I was born in 72. So, okay. um, yeah, but growing up, uh, I grew up from a split family. Um, my mom was in one area and I lived with my dad in Dundalk, Maryland. Um, that pretty much sums it up. Just white trash, Maryland. A great, great, great place. I'm near Spares Point, Bethlehem Steel. And my, my dad was into a lot of things. He was a biker and he actually got murdered when I was 11. I remember it was in December. December 10th um, is when he was murdered. And then I had to go live with my mother, which just started, you know, I'm obviously an angry child as it is, just right. by nature. Yeah. I think all of that kind of just imploded, and I just started getting in a lot of trouble, doing a lot of things. Yeah, it was the recipe for, like, the perfect storm, right? It was. Yeah. It was. And what I ended up doing is taking that ener- that anger and energy, and I channeled it into, like, sports. That's oh, really? just what I ended up doing. So I was pretty good. Um, I started, so that happened when I was young. And I started squaring my shit away when I was a freshman in high school. I was like, you know what? This is just stupid. So I wanted to, um, I started getting into lifting weights. Um, I w- obviously, I wasn't the tallest kid. You know that. Um, but I, uh, I was always usually one of the strongest. Yeah. So it's been real, you know, I just used like the aggression and the anger as my superpower I was a wrestler. I played. Lac- I was a pretty good freaking lacrosse player. Um, I picked up a stick and I was like, I could do this. And uh, football was my jam, though. Yeah. I just liked, I like contact sports where you just get to hit men, you know, like <laughs> cool shit. Um, getting your bell rung, ringing bells. So that, did that keep you out of trouble? It, uh, for the most part, yes. Yeah. Yes, for the most part. Or, or, or better yet, the trouble that you could have gotten yourself into? I got in the most trouble when I started going to community college. Like, I, I, I didn't have the grades or, fuck, the ASVAB score or the SAT, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to go to a big college. And I really didn't want to do anything. There was, I was a roofer, and I just wanted to party. Back then, it was a simpler time. I was getting, then that's when, that's when the trouble started. Um, I was drinking, fighting, community service, getting locked up, um, started dealing with some, doing some drugs, nothing too hard, you know, wasn't like shooting a pony, we'll keep it, we'll keep it clean, but I did experiment with a little, you know, some pot and some, some Coke and, um, you know, um, I like the way that smelt. Any, it's usually the way that goes. Um, did, uh, did anything actually stick like on your record when you were that young? No, 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 no. Nothing got, nothing nothing got now. It's just, back in the day, man, you could get away with so much more than you can now. You know, I mean, yeah. If that were the case, I would have been locked. I mean, throw away the key with some of the shit I've done. I mean, if I did what I did as I was a kid, I'd probably be worse off. But I 
mean, I had two felonies by the time I was 13. Yeah. Out of Florida. Make sure I have my wallet on me. Okay. Yeah, you better. So. Yeah. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, the, and then the, and then Marsoc teaches me how to do a, you know, Marsoc and Recon teaches me how to be a professional criminal. That's right. You know, lock picking. And yeah, see, I saw you. I know. Same thing. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I was told this was wrong. Not now. Right. Right. Um, yeah, man. So I was, I was, uh, I was, yeah, two felonies by the time I was 13 years old. Can we go? Can you, what were they? Uh, one was coffee's here. One was burglary over conveyance, and then, um, and then I and then I, so that was a felony, and then I was on pr- probation, got kicked out of school. Thank you, my fruity drink. Um, thank you. So you didn't want to get this because being a Navy SEAL, you would have just been that's a bit over the top. Between the hair gel, yeah. the light coat of yeah. oil, yeah. and everything else, yeah, it's just too much. Too much. Too, too much. It's not fair to you. I'm gonna go with black coffee. <laughs> You are going to put some sugar in it, though. Look at you. Mm. So I was on probation. Um, got kicked out of my school. Had to go. My mom got me in a middle school two, um, two school districts over. Mm. Yeah, it's pretty. It's like, then you had to drive me all the way out there. It was pretty horrible. Don't judge me with the sugar amount. You put all those on there? No. That's what metform is for, right? That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry. There's nothing. Um, swish it around. You'll get to it eventually. Um, so I was on probation, and then I got caught on school grounds with a weapon. What kind of weapon? It was a butterfly knife. I'm interviewing you now. Yeah, butterfly knife. Were you good with it? Could you open it up and move it around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because I was on, I think by itself it wouldn't have been an issue. But because I was on probation, they knew this. They knew the stipulations of why I was in that middle school. Got it. And they were like, resource officer, like put nope. me, put me in clinks, and that was mm. it, man. I was like, shit. So I violated. You know, I don't know. I violated. They something. were really concerned you were going to lead a revolution, and that's what they couldn't handle. So yeah, they were. But you know, on a serious note, some of the most successful people I know, the most driven people I know, we have that same commonality. We've had some rough childhoods, some and. There's other things. It's that a choice, have, right? It's a yeah, choice that, it that you have to make. That's like because I could easily have gone the <laughs> other direction and and been a career criminal, and ended up dead or just locked up. Or it had been so much easier than this fucking route, you know? Because right. I'm up, you know. That's this is work. Yeah, yeah. The, the other, but after that, you know, I, you know, but I, I make jokes like by the time I was 15, I straightened out my life. <laughs> hey, but anyways, so oh I just I always I'm always curious, like you know, because you know people now have a really hard time getting in the military if they have. I tell kids now, I'm like, dude, you've got to keep your shit together. Like, whatever you think these friends are or whatever you're going to do is not worth your future. Yeah. Because it's not it's not the 70s anymore. You I, know what I mean? Yeah, you can't do, you can't get away, do. I mean, the world has changed and it's right. changing right under our feet right, right. now. I mean, I'm, you know, that's a whole other conversation. But, um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, so so you uh so, so you were getting in trouble. Yeah. You're chasing the uh the white the white dragon. Chase chasing the white <laughs> dragon and chasing the chasing some tail. Um, I, I like the ladies back then. Yeah. So what made you go say, you know, fuck it, I'm gonna join the Navy? Um, well, I was uh I got in some trouble and <laughs> I avoided going one path by going to the next, right? So I was probably if I was going to go to court and I, some things were going to happen, I was probably going to spend a little time for doing some stuff. I got into a fight and yeah. did beat, beat a guy pretty bad and took it a little too extreme. Um, 
And I was kind of, <laughs> the system, it was a small town, so the system knew who I was and I knew who they were. And um, somebody recommended that probably the best thing for me to do would be to get out of Dodge by joining the military. So there was a local judge that I asked if, you know, would this work if, you know, I, if I, I did this? I, I and did he this, said, yeah. you need to leave soon. Like, I shit you not, I went to the recruiter, um, <laughs> bombed, fucking bombed. Let me say that again, bombed my ASVAB. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, literally, that's what, when they saw my score, that's what they, they did. And I left 10 days later. With what, what contract? What did you leave? Undesignated. Go. Just. Just go. But when ship, I was there. Shipmate. Shipmate. But when, you know, <laughs> ship, when I went there, it's the first time that I saw the pamphlet of dun, 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 the Navy SEALs. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I read the thing. And the guys were like, you're like your size, you know, like yeah, you're yeah, a giant yeah. compared to me. And it was awesome because like, I went first, true story, I went to the Air Force first. And they looked at my ASVAB score, and they literally laughed me out of the place. Uh, Marines, <laughs> they're like, "This is this place is not for you." The Marines, Army said, "Yeah, well, yeah, man, well, you know, we can work with you." And uh, I just, I actually was going by, and I saw the Navy recruiter, and he's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm checking some, you know, some some of my options out. I need to join the military." He said, "Come on in," and uh, lo and behold, you know, he was like, "Listen, you qualify for," I could have been a cook. Or a medic. I don't know how the, that, don't ask me about, the, you know, I, I don't know, I swear. And I was like, oh, I'm not really interested in either one of those. And he goes, well, you could go on de designated. And I'm like, what does that mean? You're going to probably be Hayes Gray underway on a ship. And I'm like, well, shit. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Um, but then we sit there. Like, sounds like jail, but better. Sounds like jail, but better. Yeah. But you get paid. You get paid. You know, you just get paid a little bit of money. Not much back then. Our checks were ridiculous. Um, but then by him, there was a pamphlet, and it said U.S. Navy SEALs. And I was like, what's this? And he was the best salesman in the world. He goes, you'll never fucking make it through that. I was like, <laughs> so I read it, and he said, listen, you don't have the ASVAB scores. You're five foot seven, five foot eight. I'm saying five foot seven, <laughs> 163 pounds. Chances of you making that are slim and none. And I'm like, that's what I want to do. That, I mean, that was my calling. Cause, yeah. And I knew it. So long story short, went through boot camp. And, and like I said, I mean, Forrest Gump has it broke. Actually, no, Tom Hanks has it broke down. It is, Lily, just get up, do as you're told, um, and keep your shit squared away. That's, that was, boot camp was so easy. Yeah. And some of the fucking rejects that were in boot camp, <laughs> you're like, what the hell is going on? You're like, I'm a reject, and I can do this pretty easily. Yeah. But it, it wasn't hard to shine right. in the regular Navy. Just, you know, I work for Bedros Cooling. If you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're fired. Yeah. Do as you're told. Have a good attitude fucking work hard yeah. to do this. So I got stationed, this is what's awesome, in what's called neutral duty. No one knows what the fuck neutral duty is. So this is after boot camp, training. right after boot camp. I crushed boot camp and I was like, I was the master at arms. Right. So I got to yell at people. It was awesome. Yeah. And I actually joined the Navy with another guy named Mike Holmes from my hometown. And we both got stationed at the same place because we're he said, yeah, man, you want to be a SEAL? I'll be a SEAL. I, he, ended, he never ended up doing it. He met a girl, went the other route. I was like, fuck it. This is what I'm doing. We got stationed in Keyport, Washington. Beautiful For place. those listening, listen, don't ever do anything for because of a woman. There's plenty of women on the other side of whatever you want to do. Become a Navy SEAL <laughs> and you will sleep with hot women. <laughs> like, I right? mean, Recon. Just, I mean, I'm not. Yeah. You're, you're, 
Well, he's good looking. I'm sorry. <laughs> but there, but you know what I'm saying? Like a lot of guys, I've heard that story before. It's like, oh, my wife or my girlfriend yeah. didn't want to do it. And it's like. No, on a serious note. Yeah, you got to. You... Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just because you're going to like then in 10, 20 years, you're going to be like, oh, I could have. You're going to regret I, it. You're going to have resentment built up. You know what I mean? Just do it. The not knowing is what I think kills people. And yeah. really, like I should have, I could have, I, you know, but, but you didn't. So go, any, go and fail and then you can deal with that. Well, that's the yeah. thing. That's the problem with society. People fear failure. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. dude, you got to embrace that shit. So right. anyway, went to my, went to my neutrals. It's funny because when they were giving out orders, they were like C duty, C duty, C duty, C duty. One person would like get shore duty. And then they went through and they're like care and homes, neutral duty. What the hell? I've and, never even heard of this. So even the E six who was in charge of us was like, no one's ever gotten that before. So I'm like, oh shit, what did we do? <laughs> so Lily, what it was, was, is we would Lily go out on what's called a, a, a torpedo retriever, 72 foot wooden boat. And we would recover torpedoes for the divers that were doing stuff in the Puget Sound and all these other yeah. places. And it was awesome because we would just go out for the day and we would come back. So um, you didn't go to like to a, an MOS school? No. You just showed up? No, I just like, showed up, man. And you're like, this is your job And now. they're like, because we were big, even though we were small guys, we were a lot better yeah. shape than everybody else. The other boat crews had eight people. Ours had four. We had the meanest craft master, which was a BM1. We had an EN1 who was the engine man. Mike was, worked with him, and I worked with the craft master. Like, you know, had the old tattoo. Yeah. Just mean as shit. Um, Marrier was his name. BM1 Marrier. Recovering alcoholic. And, but he loved this because we just worked hard. But we, we could outcrank. Yeah. You'd have to hand crank these things yeah. in. And there was, you know, we had SOPs of stuff we had to do. And he was like, your job is to keep the boat straight and neat. Mike's job is to help him with the engine room. We're like, back then, yes, sir. Like, he's don't call me, sir. I'm calling me boats and call me, you know, coat. And we did it. And long story short, while I was doing all this, my real goal was to retake the ASVAB and obviously get appointed. Back then, what did you have to get for... You had a, it, it was like a combined, you had, it was the combined score was, which what was getting me like, you have to have one score and then it's like your mathematical and the GT. Or yeah, yeah. And whatever it is, yeah. I can't remember, but like, here was the problem that got me. Stay with me here. Okay. If you were on a train going 60 miles an hour East, another one going 60 miles an hour West or 70 miles an hour going West. When do they, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I'd never been on a train before. Like I'm not a conductor. Or I don't know. <laughs> you have three holes in a boat. These are the questions I remember. Yeah. Which one is going to fill I don't know, plug the bitches and let's move <laughs> on, right? So I bombed it. But to get serious, this is where I really had to do some self-reflection and go, listen, it's now or never. Right. So the first thing I did, well, the lack of what I did was I didn't ask for external help. And this is something that listeners need to understand. If you need help with something, I was too proud to ask for help. Yeah. So I just grabbed an, S, an uh, ASVAB book and I started studying, but I was really studying hard. So you have to wait like... How, I, so how old are you at this, by this point? 20... I had to wait like a year. So I think I was 20 or 21. So like okay. when everybody uh, was out chasing ass and doing everything, I mean, I was, I, was still getting, uh, I was still getting a little bit in, but nowhere near like everyone else. Yeah. A um, little more focused on the goal. Yes. So I'll never forget his name, YN1 Conklin. You know, there's these people in your life that kind of just helped you. Yep. Um, and he was like a little nerd yeoman, but dude, he was the nicest guy in the world. He believed in me. I like that. He was like, you sure you don't need some help? I'm like, no, I got this. I got this. I got this. Well, I took the test. You had to wait a year or it was six months. It was six months. 
but I, you know, you have to earn your keep at the, you know, yeah, at the stuff. Yeah. And I took it. And as God is my witness, my combined score, I missed by one fucking point. That happened one, to me. One point. I missed it by one point. That happened to me. And everybody. I was in tears, man. Yes, yeah, so was I. I, I was mean, I'm tears. standing in front, like when you got your, like you're sitting at the desk, I'm standing kind of at attention. You know, he was a E6 and I was an E1, I think E2. And, you know, you don't know any better. So he was like, brother, I, I don't know what to tell you. Um, why don't we regroup next week if you still want to do this? I went back to my room, man, and I'll tell you what, I don't care. I cried like a baby because, I mean, I put out. And that's where it shifted. And I went back to him. I saw him like a couple days later, and I said, Brian, I need some help. Um, I need some classes. I don't know how to do this, this, and this. And like for the next, then it was, I had to wait longer to take it because it was like, okay. Yeah. And this is where the story gets good. And I mean, I studied, I stopped drinking. I was working out. I actually moved off base. They let me, I was an E3. And even though I had a car, I would either like, it was like five miles. I'd run into work or I'd pedal my bike in and do all this stuff. I took it again. And it's, and I'll never forget it, man. I, I, I can't remember what I had for fucking breakfast three weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. But I remember standing in front of him and he was like looking at some papers and he goes, he wouldn't even look up at me. And that's when I was like, okay, I fuck it, I'm done. And he goes, how do you think you done? I said, well, I don't know how I, how I think I done. I hope I passed it. And he goes, you did. And no emotion, no nothing. And the first thing I said was, can I, and he goes, I'm not going to tell you what your score is. What you do now is what counts. And that was what, was so impactful with me. Like, cause bottom line, I probably got the fucking minimum score. Doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter, yeah. right? It's like he said, it doesn't matter. All the hard work. And this, this guy, I, like I said, I invited this guy to my Bud's graduation. He couldn't come, but because he was so he was so influential to me, right? And he was like, and he just he he's kind of like silent Bob, right? From the, you know, the movies, yeah, yeah. It, clerks. He just looked up and he goes, Your score doesn't matter. Care because he just called me care. I, I mean, when you're like a BMS or you know, when you, you don't yeah. even own the right to be called anything, <laughs> just care. He goes, but it's what you do now. He goes, right now you can change. You have the opportunity to change your life right now. And what are you going to do? And I'll tell you what, man, it lit a spark under me. Um, so this was like year two. So I actually there's a program where you can apply to be what's called a mud pup at a dive locker, which is literally just an errand boy, um, and my job was whenever new candidates come in to screen for EOD, diver, or SEAL, my job was to run with them and don't lose it too many things. So I just trained my ass off, and what was really cool was is, you know, they treated me like shit, but that was, you know how it is, man. Yeah, they, you've got to earn your right. But I ended up being a timekeeper um, for doing hyperbaric treatment tables. Okay. So it was really neat. Um, so before you're even in, you're before I'm even in, I'm learning, learning. I'm learning this. Yeah. And truth be told, and actually, he just passed away. Rear Ad, uh, Admiral Smith, Ray Smith, just passed away. He was friends with a gentleman named Jake Avison, who was one of the only divers who had gone through all of Buds except for Hell Week. Back in the day, they used to do things different. He went through the whole program except for Hell Week. True story. They offered him a try, and he said no. I didn't earn it. Him and a gentleman by the name of Bobby Moore, who was like one of the most senior divers in the Navy, Admiral Smith knew him. And why, I was why why didn't he do, why didn't he do the whole because he uh, well, because divers used why to, do he do it in, in general? 
divers used to augment in and do the training for things. Like this was before my time. Like okay. he's an older guy. Like yeah. he's in his 70s now. Frog, frogman style. Frogman style, yeah. yeah. So he did everything except that. He was so old school. He's like, I didn't, I didn't earn it. I didn't do the hell week. And he's, they were like, would you want to go through the hell week? He's like, fuck that. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I'm trying, you know, I, I do this for about another year and I'm trying to get orders. And back then it was really hard to get orders, right? Because we now it's different. You have like this draft and you have all, you know, Stu Smith and Jeff Nichols and yeah. all these amazing people have all these programs. We didn't have shit back then, man. Mm. You just fucking trained. Yeah, like, same with us. You know, it wasn't even the internet. You had no clue. I have no clue. No, no clue. Yeah. So it was like, you know, you need to run, push up, pull up, sit ups, learn how to tie knots, and you're going to hold your breath. So that's all I did. Well, when did you, what year did you join? The Navy or? Yeah, the Navy. 1992. I, okay, so Navy, the movie Navy Seals was out. Yes. Was, so that's the only thing. That, that was it. That was it. So except for jumping off a bridge and, and, and you know, going was into Dick's, it. Was Dick's book even out by that point? I think, I don't think it was out. I didn't really start getting into reading any of the books and shit until actually I became a SEAL. Yeah. I knew nothing about there was it. Because the, there was nothing out nothing. there. Nothing. Yeah. And you weren't, you know, you didn't have cell phones and all that shit, <laughs> yeah. you know? you were. I was a geolocator before. I just hunted. I'd chase a woman down. I'd drive there and go there. <laughs> right. But anyway, um, shit, I lost my train of thought. We, um. So you're in the, you're you're running with the guys that are going through. Yeah. Oh yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Here's the story. Thank you. And um, Admiral Smith comes up. There was a retirement, and he was coming up and fucking frog man. And it was me and a guy named Chuck Drood. Chuck Drood, fucker, hate him. He was going to be EOD, but he invested in this company way back in the day called Starbucks. (laughs) He put like ten G's in, like at the base, and he's like worth a gazillion dollars now. And uh, I love Black Rifle Coffee. Everybody everybody was probably like, you're an idiot. It's never going to go anywhere. I bought a Harley instead with my money. <laughs> yeah. And um, But anyway, when we would run, we would always do like these one, three, five, seven, whatever. I mean, back yeah, then, who cares? You know, you'd yeah. run. <laughs> well, we did this run. And our master diver, at the time, it wasn't Bobby Moore. It was a guy named Ray Augustine, a big Samoan who took over. And I think Jake was retiring. And at the last mile, he would pretend like he's holding us. We wouldn't have shirts on. He'd hold us. And he's like, Admiral Smith, you want to see this? And Admiral Smith, you know, we're running. And he's like, yeah. He's like, watch what happens when I release the dogs. Right? That's what he would do. And he would let us go. And he said, if you win, you're going to Bud's. Like, and it was a joke. He just whispered to me. And Chuck Drood was like a runner. And I mean, I am running as fast as I can. Right? They're trying to keep up. And we're fucked. They're old, man. We're like, rah, running. I'm puking and ah, just doing it. Hit the finish line, swear to God, concrete, all, I'm all busted up, boom. Me and Chuck came in like the same time. I still think Chuck kind of waited up for me because he was a beast. Literally, when it's done, I'm just laying there. And at, uh, Master Diver comes in. I'm just laying on the ground. And obviously, you know, never show that shit, right? Yeah, yeah. He's like, get the fuck up. Admiral Smith's coming. So I jump up. I'm fucking bleeding. I'm like, I puke all of me. He's like, not bad. And that was it. That's all not I heard. Bad. That was on a Friday, Monday. I got called in the master diver and, you know, like, he's like, hey, because usually I'm in PT gear. He's like, hey, put on your, I was still in fucking dungarees. Put on your dungarees. Thought I was in trouble. Like, shit. Stand attention. He's like, you're going to Bud's class 200, which leaves in like four months. And I was like, just speechless. He's like, close your mouth. Get the fuck out of my office. You know, because that was yes, huge. Sir. I but started, that was, yeah. but this was my lifelong dream. So, you know, I showed up to Bud's and, the rest is history. So man. you you got your shot through hard work. Hard, dude. That's you know, it. That's it. It wasn't a contract. It wasn't anything. It was, it was hard that's work. It. That's it. And that's, that's awesome, man. And that is what 
and, and I know you get it too, right? Everybody wants to be a recon. Everybody wants to be a raider. Everybody wants to do this, but yeah. you've got to be willing to put in the fucking work. And here's the best piece of advice I can tell someone. If you want to be a, whatever it is, don't go blasting it all over Instagram. <laughs> just, <laughs> just do what we did. Just keep your mouth shut, train, do the work yeah. and do the work. Like, yeah. and again, um, Stu Smith, Jeff Nichols, like I wish the God I would have had them back in the day. There's their programs. Like people ask me, will you train me? And I'm like, nope, I push them over to both of them. I don't even think they know it half the time. I'm just like, hey, go to Jeff, go to Jeff at CSCS or at why, Stu. Why would you not? Because they're the best. They're the best yeah. at what they do, you know, yeah, versus. I mean, we, we just didn't have those. And that's the reason why, like, you know, Josh and I do the stuff with Raider prep and recon prep and things yeah. like that. It's because, you know, people are like, well, a lot of people go like, oh, you do this for money and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, first of all, let me tell you about how money goes. Yeah. You don't make fucking shit off those things. No, you, you know don't. I mean? That's the thing. Everybody, everybody. <laughs> we make our money elsewhere. Yeah. But yeah. Um, but the reason why we did it is because people were reaching out and <clears throat> we didn't have anything. Yeah. They're like, well, how did you train for recon? What are you talking about? Fucking ran and did push-ups and lifted weights and did what I thought. I, what I, They're like, what would you do now? The, the program that we wrote. Yeah. You know, if I was going to go to, if I was going to go to Bud's. I would go seek out subject matter experts, and I would do exactly what they said. Yeah, that's exactly what I would do. But I mean, we didn't, but we didn't have that. Yeah, we. You know? I didn't have like when I got in the pool. Someone taught me how to swim. That was it. Like I, I didn't. Man, you didn't even really had to knew how to swim well. No, you no, I sink like a fucking rock. Like Lily, I have a gift. I can go out there and go. <gasps> I think that's problematic to be a, for being a seal. Man, I don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> The job, listen, if you have a mission, you have vision and value, the goal is to get it done. That's what I did. I, so, I, so four months, you had to go to Bud's. And then how, uh, how, uh, how would you, did you start training? What did you do? I was already training, brother. I didn't, cha I didn't change anything. You didn't change shit. I, I didn't change, no, my regiment was already where it needed to be. It's just, um, like, on the weekend, I would go out and, like, have a drink. And I still do, right? Yeah. And I, I even had that mindset back then. Everybody's like, oh, that's a cheat day. No, it's not, motherfucker. It's a reward day. I'm not a cheater. I don't cheat on anything. I hate that. I hate the I cheat hate stuff. I hate that, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, you're getting up this morning. I saw you. You're eating your Icon meals. I'm eating my oatmeal. I mean, dude, you're going to be, can I say, 40? Yeah. I'm going to be 50. I mean, yeah. this, this, this. Takes fucking work. This combat <laughs> chassis that you see, <laughs> this is hard fucking work. It doesn't happen naturally. That doesn't. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing. People think, you know, shit comes easy. You know, mm -hmm. they think that you just play a video game or you watch a, or you read a book and you're going to, no, man. You know, and, you know, case in point, we had, you know, we recently, and I'll, I'll touch on the subject, we recently had someone just pass away at, yeah. at Bud's. It happens. Yeah. We had this conversation, you know, and I, Jason Redman's been uh, on CNN doing it, and it's, here's oh, yeah, he was talking about, uh, what was it called, surf therapy? Surf therapy. Surf, <laughs> listen, here's what it's called. And again, I'm not, it was called surf torture when I went through. Because um, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> surf immersion is what they, I think they've, Spec Corn has, has coined, coined it. it yeah, as, you know, yeah. obviously, and I, I want to respect their, yeah, I have nothing course. but respect for Spec War, but there's nothing fucking therapeutic <laughs> about getting your ass handed to you in the water hour upon hour. You know what I'm talking oh, about. Yeah. Me and Rob O'Neill had this conversation this morning. He was like, it's, he calls it surf meanness. That's what he said we should change it to. But it was CNN, so they had to, yeah, they had to clean yeah, it up. And that's okay. But yeah. my point to this is, gentlemen, if you're going to sign up for something like this, number one, no matter what, pro, it's a dangerous program. Yeah, it is. There's only so much safe that you can have in a dangerous environment. This is what I tell like, well, they're like, well, how do I, you know, prepare? I'm like, well, you control what you can control. Yes. So and just like with anything, you remove variables. Mm -hmm. Like like when we go on a mission, 
there's a certain amount of variables that are outside of our control. So we have contingencies, mm -hmm. but then we plan for the variables that we can. Yes. And we mitigate those risks as much as possible. So if I take that same concept and apply it to buds or selection or, you know, ARS or you know, BRC now, um, then I'm like, okay, what do I know? And how can I train myself both physically and mentally to mitigate as many of those risks as possible? Yeah. And then, you know, the twisted ankles, shit, man, you can't, what do you get? There's nothing you can do about that. And you know what I'm saying? And post, post that life, right? We're yeah. obviously businessmen and stuff now. I'm still, I'm a still control freak. I control yeah. what time I get up, what time I go to bed. I didn't have control over that workout yesterday. I'm fucking dying <laughs> over that. But I, uh, you know, I can, I control as much as I can with right. my, I control who I surround myself with, yeah. who I do business with. Um, I think because here's the deal, right? You know, as well as I do. You could go to sleep and never wake up. You yep. can get in a car, in the car. Anything can happen. So I control the variables of my life that I can. And I feel that that's really making me a better version of me. But on a side note, I want you to know that I have my chair up so high <laughs> to be your height. My feet are not even touching the ground, and I'm losing feeling in my feet. So sorry, I got to put them on the. There we go. Holy on, shit. I'll put them on the beam on the table. <laughs> Nick's a lot taller in real life than you would think. I was like, I'm like sitting up straight. He's slouching it up. We're still. What's funny is his dad is your height. Yeah, that's true. He's the exact same build yeah, yeah. as well. You know, yeah. he's gotten yeah. older, but but he's so he's got like yeah. How tall are, how tall are you? That is little. I'm six foot. But you're a big guy. You're like you know. I mean, I it, it's crazy because like you look at you on the internet and you look massive. I look at myself on the internet. I'm like, just average, you know. But, but everybody I'm, always I'm says I thought you'd be taller. Like you know, <laughs> kind of like the dot. I thought you'd be bigger. What, what is Ray's uh, height on IMDb? Oh, that's a good question. Six, six foot. Six two. Six, one, six, six two. <laughs> everybody's everybody's taller on IMDb for some reason. It's like college giving your college stats on yourself. Ray yeah. Cash Care, six foot two, fullback, two hundred eighty um, pounds. Bruce Willis says he's what six foot six one. He is not six yeah. one. That's what he says on yeah. I, it's IMDb. It says that. Do you know who is taller in real life than I thought? I actually had the uh, privilege of working out with Sylvester Stallone. Really? He, I thought he was my height. He's like 5'9", five, 5'10". Five, he's taller than I thought. I didn't think. I thought he was like 5'7". Nope. Dude, he's, I, he's so jacked, I think, that it God looks like he must be shorter. What did you no. say he was? 75 now? 75. I worked out with him right before his birthday. Gunner, that was due to Gunnar like Peterson. Gunners, yeah. Love you, Gunnar. Um, I don't know why I toasted, because like he's not dead, but no. <laughs> love you, Gunnar. Um, yeah. He's like the godfather, though. So it's like And I tried to be respect. cool, too, because like... He was like one of my bucket list, you know, like yeah. Trish has bucket list of men of men she can sleep with. I have bucket list of men, men that I, I would I'll, sleep with <laughs> or work out with. <laughs> but, you know, it's I kept my composure. But he was, yo, what's up? you know, he I would love to it. I would love to. What a what a just savage. FYI. That's the second search for you. When you put in Google Ray Cash, it comes up height. Damn. Does Every, it really? Everybody's Damn. looking to find Did that you out. guys ever see what a bunch of dicks out there? <laughs> Did you guys ever see the Alexa? Uh, video I did. No, I want you guys to go in there and say, Alexa, who is Ray Cash Care, and it'll tell you, and then ask, is he handsome? And it will say, blah blah blah, says that he is extremely handsome and very caring. Oh my, I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's so, hilarious. Alexa, don't lie. Alexa, don't lie. Alexa's a lying bitch. Don't lie. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> uh, so buds, you got your shot at buds. Got how, it. How old were you at time? Uh, twenty two. I turned twenty three in Hell Week. I turned that's good. Turned twenty three and whole big difference going then. Vice going at 18, 19 years old. Yes. Yeah. But you know what's funny is Mitch Aguiar went at like eighteen or nineteen. Well, he's a he's a fucking freak of nature. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I love God. Just like I'm strong. 
I arm wrestled him. He almost ripped my arm out of socket. My good arm. Like I gotta I, get I gotta get up there because I want to do I want to get on the mats with him. And I told him I said my goal is sixty seconds. He is so you can't you can't submit me in sixty seconds. That's what that's like riding a riding the uh, eight second bull. Kind of like that episode of Entourage where what's his name fought. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Lindsay. Yeah, which he. he she was like, tap out. And if he if he lasted a minute, she'd go on a date. She snapped his arm with oh. uh, the driver. What was his name? The little... I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, the brother. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's what I told him. I said, we're going we're gonna to get on the mats. 60 seconds. Yeah, he's, he's, been, mean, he's, been, uh, he's been quiet lately. I miss him. He's such a great dude. That's actually... No, he didn't get... He's not quiet. He got his 300-something thousand... No, no, no. Not that. I mean, but he was on his other one because usually I get notifications yeah. for... Is, he's kind of like Ian Smith now. He has to have like 12 backup. Yeah, yeah I love yeah. Ian's, right? We know Ian. Um, but it's crazy. And true story, you guys know that I'm the push-up king. Yeah. I actually, and I got to give, give him credit. I got that from him. Really? Yeah. I'm sure he got it from somewhere, but, you know, like teams and stuff. But he started doing that 17 push-ups on the minute every minute. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. And I kind of just, and I told him, and I always give him credit, you know, because a lot of people do that. They'll just take someone's idea and run with it. But I, I always give, you know, Big Mitch. I wouldn't want to get hit by Mitch. Um, God, yeah, no. beast, man. Fucking beast. Um, Dude, he did a snap down on uh, Greg Anderson and yeah. almost knocked him out. Yeah. And you Greg's not a small guy either. No, he's a brother black belt. Yeah. He said he snapped down. He snapped him down so hard on the mats that he, like, he saw Tweety Birds. Mitch is literally pound for pound. And I'm a str- like probably one of the strongest guys ever. I don't know. You know, he knows how to use angles and stuff like that, but he's just strong. Like, yeah. just, like, I'm a strong guy, big wrestler, and he, it's like Bam Bam, you know, and just, boom, boom. I'm like, ah, I scream, and he I'll, just laughs. I'll ride that roller coaster. For ride it, baby. Seconds. Ride it. <laughs> ride it. <laughs> he gets a hold of me, ten, not even eight seconds in, done. He, just, and he's a humble dude, too. That's what, he's got a great heart. You know, I mean, I love Mitch. Oh, he's doing good. I just wish he would get his account back. I do too, man. Yeah, he, man. Same thing. But um, I mean, but, he's a, he's a he, you know he's a verified he's a UFC fighter. He's you know he's he's done he's done his time in the service. And, and, and you know he's but he's no slouch when it comes to he's a savvy businessman. Yeah. He's doing very well for himself. I'm happy. I'm proud of him. It's funny because I'll call him and it's when we both wear hats. If you look at the video, he looks like my son, just a bigger, younger, yeah, better yeah. looking version. I can see that. Yeah, but yeah. he does. And people always ask, "Is that your son?" And I'm old enough to be his dad. And it's like... <laughs> I was going to say, how old, how old is he? Uh, in his early 30s. Damn, really? Yeah, dude. It's very successful, man. Good on him. Oh, good Hey, let's him, get back man. to talking about me. Fuck me. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, I love you, man. Don't punch me. No, I'm kidding. Um, I, I'll never forget when Greg went up there. He set him in that sauna. So not only did he almost knock him out, but then he made him puke because he in the, sat in the sauna, sauna for so long. So long. Yeah. yeah. He came out and puked. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. That's another man. guy. I met him, uh, Anderson, at Ian's place. Ah. I don't, oh, that's I, right. When you went up there to... I don't uh, think he's a fan of me either. So <laughs> People, it's funny. People either love or they hate me. There's no in between. So I think that... So Recon Marines and Marine Raiders, we come across Navy SEALs. It seems like we come across Navy SEALs quite a bit. And so I had, you know, in my, in, in my career, I've... You know, I, I don't know. I'm just used to Navy SEALs. Well, he was a Ranger, wasn't he? Fancy, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. So so I don't think Rangers and SEALs come across each other very much. So. Oh, I've, you know, what's funny is I reached out to him. I don't care. I mean, he may get my ass whooped. And I said, hey, man, I thought I was following you for the longest time. So I followed him for a couple of weeks and he wrote like some little snide thing back. And I have a guy that runs my account. He actually said, dude, 
Because I kept it. I thought it was a like he was giving me a compliment. And my buddy Ryan was like, dude, that's not a compliment. <laughs> so he was like, da- that's a velvet dagger. He said, Unve-, he goes, I unfollowed him for you. I was like, why'd you unfollow him? He goes, dude, that guy ain't going to follow you back. I was like, and I like him. And yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, well, you know, I'm not everybody's so, cup of tea, man. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I think that they, unless you just know the SEAL personality. Yeah. And, I'm a big person. I'm a big person. And, and well, and they, a lot of them are. Yeah. But you have to, you have to, if you're comfortable playing with that. Yeah. Then, you know, yeah, he don't seem like he jokes around a whole lot. I don't know. I don't know him. Yeah. Maybe, maybe when he gets to know you, but like, I love the. I mean, I, I Rangers love what he's are doing. a little more serious. Yeah, they're a little more, a little more. Matt serious. Best is like yeah, I was one of about my to say, except for Matt's one of my best friends. I mean, there's, Matt's a great guy. There's a handful out there, but for yeah. the most part, they're pretty. Matt sees serious. my potential. He loves me. <laughs> anyway, so okay, so buds, you joined buds. How did that process go? Tell me about it. Fucking great, man. Fucking started with Bud's Class 200. I was a Smurf crew. What year? 1994. And you were actually with Redmond, right? Redmond was, was in my my bow crew, and then he got hurt, the little pussy, and then he got rolled to another class. Yeah, That's on the record. <laughs> no, uh, Redmond, record. I think he, he got busted up, but he did, he did go through Hell Week with me. Um, and it was funny because we were Smurf crew. and our, our, Smur- so, our So Smurf crew is... You know, when you they not, break out the boats. It's not the tallest crew. It's the yeah, shortest, yeah. Because they, they do it by the by height. By so the it was me, Redmond, Monroe, Jamie Monroe, and then Fong and NG, two fucking Singaporeans <laughs> that were like <laughs> ridiculous. One, uh, Fong was literally looked like a little professional bodybuilder who would always hype out. And NG was like a skinny little rail. But what they would do in Buds is they would act like they didn't speak English. And soon as the instructors would go by, they, we showed them motherfuckers. But true story, one time we were going to do dump boat, right? We're going out. We got to, so just yeah. for listeners that don't know what that is, you take, you take your uh, inflatables and you paddle them out through the surf. If you get through the surf, usually you don't, but when you the get, ther- that's the therapy, that's the therapy. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the surf therapy. And then once you get through this, this hell of getting your ass handed to you by the waves, you're supposed to take your boat, dump it. Everybody falls in the ice cold water. And then you have to flip, somebody has yeah. to get back on it, flip it back over. You know the deal, yeah. do that. Well, it's like, fuck that, man. We just made it through the surf. So what do we used to do? Take our chem lights and act like we were Shut doing up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And they do Shut it. Up. So they do it. So anyway, we knew that his name was Mike Mayer. Mike Mayer Nightmare. It's like the world's worst, meanest fucking buds instructor on the planet. And we knew he was out there in a kayak. So when we went through it, Fong and NG, you know, I'd be like, hey. We got to dump the boat. And they're like, no, we know dump boat. We got to dump boat. So anyway, like they're not listening to me. So I just, and back then we had to wear the ProTech helmets because someone had a concussion. So I just take my paddle and I start beating, right? Smacking them right in the helmets with the thing, right? Jason's there like whatever. And all of a sudden I hear, Care Bear, stop killing the Singaporeans. And I like, think it's like a voice from God because, you know, we're exhausted. Dump the fucking boat. So they dump out, jump out and we do it. But they just were like, they were the coolest guys in the world, but they were so fucking lazy, you know? And well, that's what that's like, they're going to get away with everything they can get away with. Right. I guess. Yeah. I mean, every time that we've had a foreign, a foreign country come into one of our training programs, I mean, they just, they, t- they push the line, man. Well, they do because they know that they have a little bit more leeway, yeah. but you know, but the thing is you go home, I don't know if they were, we were always like, are you going to get caned? Are you going to get whipped? What's going to happen to you? And they're like, Oh, we know go home. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but so did the, 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 the Kim Light trick ever actually work? It had worked, but it didn't work with the Smurf crew because we were so fucking little. 
So uh, even when we put our hands up, they were, like, it wasn't they were like, you motherfuckers, we know it. Because <laughs> the boat would go up like, yeah. So it just didn't happen. Um, but yeah, went through uh, first phase, um, second phase, third phase. It was... Uh, anything, anything, like all the all the... Like the stuff that you you kick ass at, that stuff's boring. What what really kicked you in the dick? My biggest fear, and I would tell you my biggest accomplishment in buds too, but your wife's here, so I won't. Um, but my biggest fear was the fifty meter underwater swim. Scared to yeah. death of it, just scared to death. And true story, um, you know, you have all your principles and your Archimedes, and yeah. bottom line, you know, you're supposed to dive down deep. Deep, like, well, and, and the thing was, yeah. is the pool wasn't that deep. Like, what it was was we'd swim back and forth. So you have to jump in for the the fifty meter underwater. I've never been to that pool. I've, but I've been to the seal pool. Got on, it. On, so what you have to do Virginia. is jump in without kicking off the wall. Do a flip. Right. right. Swim to the one wall, then you can kick off the other side. Well, old Ray Cash Care said, "Fuck that." I did my my did my flip. Water went up my nose. Shit. So instead of diving down, I just start just doing this surface because as long as your head doesn't come up, they don't give a shit. Yeah which you know goes against everything. So anyways, it's so much harder. It does. Yeah. And, and what, what happened was, and truth be told is I kind of saw the instructor and I kind of like, and he knew it too. He was pissed. I kind of did one of these. I swam over and bumped into him and went, Oh, and popped up like, and he was like, and it was Roger Gehring. He's like, you little motherfucker, you get back in line right now and you do it again. I know what you oh. did. And I just played, you know, I, that's when I knew my acting career was going to take off. What? What do you mean, sir? I would never do that. <laughs> so anyway, he got back in and I was like one of the last guys to do it. And, and like, they were just watching me. So I jumped in again. I was like, F-. and I mean, I was scared shitless. So I jump in, do the flip, no water up the nose. Yes, go down. Boom. For me, mentally, it was harder to get to the first wall than it was the second. I don't know why, but as soon as I kicked off that second wall, I was like, I got this. I'm going to make it. Well, anyway, I'll never forget. There's a guy named Tom Bostick. He graduated. Great dude. Killhouse instructor. And he was a big swimmer, but he was a big guy like you. And he was just kind of one of these guys. You know, just smooth and graceful. Well, anyway, and I'm like, eh, 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 just getting it done, right? I am not graceful in the water at all. Just using all kinds of oxygen. I swim it. like I make love. There's just, <laughs> I power through it, baby. So anyway, I'm like, he's kind of ahead of me, and I'm watching him, and all of a sudden, I just see him go limp, and he just starts, I'm like, oh, no. So he's out. He was out, Yeah. right? So, and I'm starting to get the tunnel vision. I'm like, oh, no. So, man, I power through that thing. I pop up, you know, and you're supposed to, I'm, I feel fine. I jumped up, man, like I fucking chariots of fire. I was like, yeah! And they're like, get the fucking back in line. And I see them resuscitating Tom. And he's like a big South Carolina boy. Oh, shit. And they just resuscitated him, get back in the water, and he did it. But that was my biggest fear of buds. And then, So it wasn't the sleep deprivation. It wasn't the cold water, all that shit, being sandy and miserable. It was 50-meter underwater swimming. Once I did that, I knew I had it. Now, truth be told, if we rewind back to first phase... <laughs> Lieutenant Massa was his name. He was the first phase OIC. I have, you know, I'm dealing with it now, my back. I have a bad yeah. back. <laughs> I have um, some disc issues, compressed fracture, all this shit going on with my back. Well, anyway, when it really acts up, I literally will be canted like this. Mm-hmm. And if you pull up my shirt, my spine literally goes like this. It's just because they're touching. Well, anyway, I was, I'm big, really good at pull-ups and push-ups. I couldn't get up on the bar. This happened a week before Hell Week. I mean, oh, a point, I mean, a point in your face. Sorry. Like, but anyway, the medics, you know, the medics are there and they're like, 
Care Bear, what are you doing? I'm like, nothing. And what, what is going on is his name was Todd Vandergriff. He was my LPO. He was helping me up because I was in so much pain. And I was just trying. I couldn't do anything. So anyway, they jumped down. And, I'm like, ah, and they were like, pull up your shirt. And when they pulled up my shirt, they're like, what the? F-? And they knew exactly what was wrong. And now what was so cool about me is somebody was always on my side. I always got hurt on a Thursday or Friday. So I had the weekend to recover. So they were like, listen, we're going to bring you in Monday and you're getting rolled to your next class. And I was like, shit. Like, I was th- you didn't want to get rolled. I wanted to be an iron horse. I wanted to start my class and finish my class. So this is like, I have no money, no nothing. I like barred money from guys. And I went and got acupuncture. And I did all this stuff and iced. I did nothing. Usually, you know, you, on the weekends you drink or whatever. And I came back that Monday and I had to go back in, just like I was supposed to do jiu-jitsu with you today, but I wasn't smart back then. Now I am. And I went in, and Lieutenant Moss was like, you're such a fucking big dude. He's like, uh, Care Bear, because that's what they mean as, um, I'm going to roll you to class 202. I'm like, sir, and you, you didn't, you don't, sir, can, may I say something? And he was like, go ahead. I said, listen, I know I have to make up, and I had to make up not tying, and because it was Monday, I missed a four-mile time run. Um, I said, let me, can I offer this up and make a suggestion? And he was like, just sat back and he's like, what? let me sell you on yeah. why I'm going to stay. And I in did. This class. I said, if you let me stay in this class, I will go make up these events right now. And you know, like with swims and things, you get two chances. And I said, yeah. if I don't pass anything, like I didn't say first time, but like if I don't pass the swim, cause I sucked at swimming with the two chances, I don't want to get rolled. I'll quit. And he literally went, What? I'm like, if I don't make the standard, as in like, you know, you get, he goes, you understand you have two chances to make things. And after that, you get rolled if you're a great guy and you're going to get, I said, I'll quit. And he asked me why. And I told him, I said, because no one ever believed in me about graduating buds. I had my mother buy a non-refundable ticket. This isn't about, and he told me, he's like, you know, you have to go through buds for you. And I said, I know, but right now, this is my, my motivation, my My drive, my why, my why at the time. And that was the biggest thing that I used to do wrong. I used to, my why was to prove everybody wrong. Now my why is to prove myself right. Yeah. Pedro's Coolian taught me that. And he was like, son, do you understand what you're asking me? What you're throwing on the table? I'm like, yes, sir, I do. And he literally just stood up. And I mean, the mountain of man, he shook my, he's a f- fucking man. He shook my hand, almost broke my hand. Okay, I'm going to go take instructor Joe Haas with you. Joe Haas was the guy from uh, The Rock, the big black guy. Let's go. He used yeah, to yeah. play for the Oakland Raiders. So first thing he says, we're going to go do knot tying. So we went to the tower. This is when the tower was still running. So swim down 10, 12 feet, whatever it is. Tie your bowling. Boom. Tie your, your becket. Boom. Tie your right. Tie this. Tie this. And I tied them all. Came up. Done. All right, Care Bear. You did good. I want you to tie them all now. What do you mean, tie them all? Tie them all. I'm going to come down with you. So Joe Hoss, like, he just I went down because there's a little place for time. So instead of, like, me looking, he just was. So I went with the bowling first. Boom. Tied everything. Boom, boom, boom. And as I'm doing, I'm just looking up, and he's giving me the okay, okay, okay. Last one I tied was my uh, right angle because that was just the easiest one to get off and pull going up. Mm-hmm. Sorry about spitting. And as I'm swimming up, I felt like someone was, like, pulling me down. And I guess I got to about three feet, and I blacked out. Picked me up, resuscitated me, and I'm like, oh, my God. He was like, you're good. Now you got a four-mile time run. I was like... <laughs> Like, cause back then no one gave a shit, you know, it's like, that was it. I was like, okay, I did my four mile time run. I joined my class. Um, Gus Kaminsky was in charge of it. Welcome back. And I was like, and that was all it took that I think 
someone was testing me. I, yeah, I, yeah. I really do. I don't want to get real religious, but a greater power said, yeah, yeah. listen, you, you passed your 50 meter underwater swim. Now we're going to throw this obstacle at you because that's what life's about, getting obstacles and how you're going to overcome and but conquer how them. many people would just have taken that? Like, well, I guess I'm getting rolled. Man. That's it. It was it. But I knew... My, I mean, I know this sounds sounds so cliche, and I'm talking to another operator. My fucking destiny yeah, was yeah. to graduate with that class, and people oh, I, don't yeah. understand it unless they're they've been there. I had to start this and finish it with those with those same group of men, you know. Um, and then next week I had Hell Week, which was fucking a blast. I mean, it sucked, <laughs> but it was awesome. And true, here you go. Here's a great story. Um, Spec War, you'll love this about us. So when you graduate Hell Week, obviously you know. Yeah, you know, what happened to the individual? You're monitored for like the f for first forty eight hours. Back then, it was just like, hey, we'll check on you in the morning. <laughs> so Jason Redman <laughs> and I were both enlisted, and I mean, dude, we were. I didn't have. I had some chafing, but like, I mean, there were guys that were like missing hair that never grew back. Oh and yeah, they were destroyed, and me and Redman just looked like we got in a bar fight. <laughs> so when it was over with, Jason's like, hey man, because I had a truck and he didn't. He goes. You hungry? I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm hungry. He goes, let's go to Hooters. So true story. Like I, I, I told you, I'm wearing bunny slippers, a pair of cutoff jeans that were entirely too short for, for public TV today. And Jason's wearing whatever. We went to fucking Hooters and we were a wreck. Like our hands, our nails, remember your nails? Like I couldn't even pull my wallet out. Well, anyway, we were so fucking delirious that we ate our ass off and we left and we forgot to fucking pay. So as we're out there, we're like, we got to get the fuck out of here because we're in trouble. So we try to run and we're like, we can't move, right? We're trying to get to my truck. But it was epic. Just the stuff that we did. We actually went out the night that Hell Week, you know, it, it secured. We went out that night and then, you know, all the crazy shit happens when you're sleeping, all the water and. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't think drinking like three beers and eating fucking sodium helped. No. But that was the shit that we did. That's what I did. Yeah, man, it was great. I remember the, I remember those times like coming off those those weeks of that type of training and stuff and you were just you haven't slept in days. I mean, you are just delirious. Your body hurts in ways that I can't even explain. Oh. Um and then we would you would go out because you're young and you're like, "Fuck it, we're going out to drink beer and eat pizza or something." We were just yeah, it was a different time and men yeah. now when you go to the team it's like they've got chiropractors and they've got like oh yeah they've man. got, got a psychologist and yeah we used to have the roach coach he Post, went out and yeah. ate fucking quesadillas no, man you've got uh you got pts and pts and acupuncture and in and, and all kinds of you know well, we're getting smarter but the thing is is well, back it, keeps, in our time, it keeps operators operating healthier longer healthier yeah longer, there's definitely yeah. a higher attrition rate right. for longevity yeah. i agree but yeah. back in the day man it was it was all about just get it done you know you know, CrossFit when it's we we did that. We yeah, we just threw shit around like heavy. Back it was how big can you get? Yeah, you know it was awesome. I miss those days. I do miss it, but you know as well as I do, there was a lot of political bullshit that you had to deal with. At least the SEAL teams that we did, of course. I, and that's one thing I tell people is like, <sighs> is the grass greener? Sure, it's greener, um, but you're going to deal with some things that are a little bit more frustrating. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like because you get you really do when you started getting into the in the SOCOM world. You, you do have to, unfortunately, deal with a higher level of U.S. politics. Yeah. And that's where it kind of sometimes can steal your joy, especially if this, if you run into the, anybody from the State Department. But yeah. I wouldn't go back and change a fucking thing. No, neither would I. I mean, I, I, would I. I wouldn't yeah. be where I am. 
You know, it's funny. I always tell people say you wouldn't be where you were if it wasn't for the SEAL teams. This is what I tell people when they laugh. I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for me. Yeah. And people are like, what? I'm like, and it's true. I, I worked my ass off to get where I'm at. Yeah, right nobody, now. you know, you don't just float through those courses. No. You know what I mean? But now all my efforts, right? Obviously, yeah. you know, so did that 12 years with this, you know, I was in the Navy for 12 years, eight yeah. years of that was a seal. And then I went over to the agency. When um, you, when you got out, um, why did you get out? What was the reason? Uh, I had gotten some trouble when I was younger and there was a knife involved and I don't think I would have ever put on chief and this and that. And I didn't like, I kept missing. I was over at SDV. I kept missing the battle. Like I, you know, you, you join up, you want to go to battle. At least that's what yeah, you think yeah. you want to do. And that's when I got into the world of hearing about contracting and the money that could be made. And that's when I, you know, I met Trish, my wife. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, I was like, I could make this much money or back then I could make $60,000 in a month. I didn't only understand all the shit about taxes and stuff. Um, cause I was <laughs> but, like, it oh, was, but it sounded good, <laughs> but it sounded good, you know? Yeah, yeah. So obviously, you know, I was making X amount. I was making $40,000 a month, but, um, I just was like, you know what? I want a little bit more freedom of being able to come and go. Um, so I spent 14 years with them and made a shit ton of money, but, um, but like anything, you know, it took its toll on me, um, yeah. you know, seeing a lot of your brothers die. And that was where, then we started integrating. We weren't just straight seals. I was working with, you know, uh, recon and I was working, you know, some of my best friends are recons and even, you know, we had, uh, rangers and we had yeah. combat controllers and it was just like, you just take us and we were in an element where we were do providing security. Um, and I did that was a firearms instructor and did the, you know, the spagel stuff, the zero dark 30 bullshit. Yeah. Um, for the next 14 years, but that was taking its toll on my family. I mean, being gone eight months out of the year, pretty much for 14, yeah, you know, that's what people don't, I think they, they <laughs> I get hit up like, what's contracting like? It's exhausting. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Is the money good? Sure. But is that, is money the answer to everything? No. No. What I would do too no. is like, I remember when my wife was pregnant with Nyla, we had to do in vitro. And back then, you know, they're like, you can't put a price tag on your child because you can't. Well, $27,000 is what it costs for us to do in vitro. And what year was that? Um, she was, she's 13. Holy shit. Uh, 2007 or eight. Cause I was in Ramadi back then. Yeah. Ramadi. What do we pay? It was a lot less. It's 20. gone down a lot over like the 20. years. I think, yeah. I think yeah. Dimitri costs about 20 grand. No, like, and I said, there, no insurance, nothing covered that. Like, I don't yeah. know, nothing. Yeah. yeah. So, um, it's funny. My 16 year old son was giving my wife the shots that she needed. He was like, he was like, I wish he would have been a fucking doctor, <laughs> but, um, shit just changed, you know? And it was like, I didn't want to, they're like, Oh, you can do a payment plan. I'm like, I'm not putting a payment plan on a kid. So I did like a 103 day trip at a thousand dollars a day. Yeah. Well, that was when I was with MVM and I was in Ramadi and man, we were fucking turning and burning and. I was there with like Randy. I was there with legends. Yeah. Right. Legends like Randy Rhodes is a god in SF. And um, I was there with Southside, one of the guys that got killed in, uh, in when the explosion went off and uh, with Jason and those guys. Just one of the best crews I've ever been with. But the problem that I had with contracting was, is I was coming home after 103 days or 60 days and I was trying to pick up with where I left off. Well, she evolved and has grown. Right, like case in point, when my daughter was born, um, I was gone literally all of her build up except for one month, mm -hmm. 
And then as soon as my daughter was born, I left like a month later. And like when I left, I'm holding her neck. And when I come back, everybody's laughing at me like going, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, I'm holding her the same way. I was just picking up where I left off. But what I didn't realize is we the, always think it's a weird thing. We always think that like time stops. stops it doesn't. Yeah. No, no you're, just you know? missing, you're just missing shit. You know, even though I was calling my wife and everything, and I'll tell you the greatest invention that was ever invented. Thank you. Whoever invented the fucking camera computer. Oh, Skype? Yeah. Back in the day before. Dude, because my, I'll tell you what, I don't know who was monitoring that shit, but boy, they were getting shows. Me and my wife, she'd be like, <laughs> dress it up. I was like, yeah, baby. Because it used to be the phone. Yeah. You know, nine one seven. you know, you dial yeah. the number on the black phone. Yeah. And you sat there in front of all the guys, like when we were in Missoula, Missoula, and all the guys would be there listening to you. Oh, tell Trisha, said hi. And, you there's know. No pri- yeah, there's no privacy. There's no privacy. But then yeah. we got the fucking camera. You wouldn't see anybody again. That's all guys were doing. They were just like jerking off, right? <laughs> um, we uh, that I, it's funny how those things evolve, right? Because you know, my first deployment, I was gone seven months, and dude, I barely even spoke to my family for seven months. I mean, it was like letters here and there, and then every once in a while, a call, maybe once a month. Didn't you say you guys were sending each other VHS tapes and stuff? Yeah, she was sending VHS yeah. tapes to the kids, and it, but we still made it work. That was yeah. what was amazing, but now. Like at the end, my wife would be like, "Can you stop calling?" Like you know, you have time on your hands. Yeah, hey, busy. Yeah, she's busy, yeah. and I, I would like, I want, I want to talk, and she's like, "I don't miss you because you're talking to me six times a day." <laughs> Seriously. So yeah, now yeah, you yeah. know. But then if I didn't call her, she'd be like, you know, it's like, "Are you dead?" Yeah, right. Yeah. You know. But sometimes you go on missions. You know. Sometimes we fly in and do halves and stuff, and it would be gone. But you know, I'm not pulling out a. You know, you wouldn't pull out a cell phone and certain areas and stuff, you know, you'd be careful. So there'd be some times where I go three or four days. And like when I was working in Syria, fuck, there'd be a couple days where we never talk. She hated that. But I'm like, I would think to myself, bitch, I I would think that (laughs) you used to say, don't, don't cut that out. Don't do that. But I'd be like, you get mad if I call too much, but in all actuality, she, she needed that. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course. Um, so, did you go? So you got out and went straight into contracting? Straight in. So you really never left the military mindset. Never. You never really transitioned from. This is Joan. Go ahead and listen. Never, never transitioned from like that job. Never. So, so then did it catch up with you on when did, contracting? Yeah, when did it catch up? Yeah, when, it, when did it kind of catch up with you to like, oh shit, I need to work on myself and figure. Because we all have to deal with that. When. Everything changed when my daughter was born. That's when it started that, getting That's, it. yeah. I mean, I wasn't even, my son was around and he was cool with it. That's the life he knew. But I was like, I don't want to live this life with my daughter. Like, and man, I'll tell you what. I mean, having a son and a daughter, it's so cool, but it's so different. Yeah, it is. I'm, so I'm, different. definitely is. You know, yeah, we were having that conversation. Yeah. Boy falls down. Get a boy. Stop. You know, let me tape up that, you know, I'll, I'll tape up that. I'll get some glue. <laughs> yeah. Your daughter falls on her butt. Oh my God. And it's. It's not fair, but that's how men are, that's how real men are wired. We want to protect women. And I was like, I want to be around for her. Yeah. Um, and that's where, you know, I mean, I was looking and looking and looking. And I'm very, you know, I didn't want to just jump into something else. And it took a long time. I mean, fucking long time before yeah, I found Bedros. Yeah, I don't, you've, you've, been, you've been at this, this, this game for a while now. 
Which game? Like outside contracting, just, you know, work and I've been gr- entre- well, entrepreneur I've been, life. I've been, and- I've been entrepreneur. You know, listen, I've been entrepreneur is a guy who gets up and takes risks. So I've been, I'm, everybody's right. a fucking entrepreneur. If you look at the definition, I'm always taking risks. <laughs> yeah. But I th- be, being a real entrepreneur and getting in business is a lot fucking scarier to me than battle because I never know who's on my side and who's not. Like, that's what I, yeah, see, look, yeah, you know, yeah. we've had these conversations offline. It wasn't until I met Bedros, I mean, and that's the thing, man, I've, I'm, I'm very selective who I trust, and it took me a long time, like, I've done a lot of gigs, and I've done some speaking and stuff, but the minute that I met Bedros, you know, we tell that story about the drinking, and we have so much in common, and uh, we just hit it off. I mean, I call him daddy, he calls me boo. I mean, it's just... Most people don't have a relationship. Before that, you did what? A movie? Yeah. So I was in Captain Phillips. Um, yep. I rescued Tom Hanks. Um, that was the voice. I did the selection with uh, a great cast of guys. That's Marcus Capone, um, Sean. I did it with uh, uh, the Black Hammer, um, Donnie Bowen, Burt Koontz, piece of shit. I love you. And uh, Tyler Gray, who's now one of the executive producers and on SEAL team. Yeah. Great show we did. I did. Um, the show with Rob Roy, um, who was one of our few African American SEALs, uh, SEAL Team Six guy, the Snow Bro. Um, we did that was uh, Ultimate Soldier Challenge. That was when I was supposed when we won. I was supposed to go up against Tim Kennedy and his guy, um, and that's when I kind of first met Timmy, because at that when I won that, I actually won it. Rob was Rob was fifty and I was forty. Obviously, Timmy's a lot younger than me. And it wasn't Timmy talking shit. It was whoever his partner was going, yeah, man, cash in his day would have been a fucking, would have been a great fucking competition, but he's old now. And I remember I called up Timmy and I'm like, dude, what the fuck? And he's like, hey, you know, and I'm like, well, let's start with you, Tim. I'm just saying, listen, don't count this old dog out. Yeah, but uh, right. and that's how I met Tim. Great guy. Um, and then I also did, um, after that, we did ultimate, I did the ultimate soldier challenge, or excuse me, ultimate hell week for BBC. And that's where we took kind of the same premise. This was before the selection where we took, it was like 30 of England's toughest. And myself and a guy named Woody Minster went over there, who's one of the plank owners of Ground Branch. Team guy, amazing dude. And we went over there and it was so funny because Woody has this fucking gift of knowing who has it. And Woody told me before he goes, because we had it kind of skidded out, he was going to pick... He goes, I'm going to pick who the first class leader is, and I guarantee you, I couldn't make this up, they will win the show. And he picked Claire, a woman, and she fucking destroyed it. I was like, how do you know? I got goosebumps. I said, how do you know that? He Because he was a buds and truck. He goes, I just knew. You just, when they walk in. He just, I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, if you, I was like, I'm taking you to Vegas, and he's like, I just know who's got it. And literally, she crushed it. She was like, master's degree from like two of Cambridge and blah, blah, blah. And she was in shape and he was like, she's got what it takes. And I was like, there's no way, there's no fucking way. Like we had like professional athletes and she won. Well, you've, you've seen it, man. Like I've seen, I've seen like, you know, D one quarterbacks come into our stuff and then, I mean, they're like physically they're studs, right? Oh yeah. And then you've got somebody like, uh, God, I, I hate to throw him under the bus. Um, old, old Isaac, our um our, our guy Isaac yeah. does the you know he yep. works out there for you guys too who mentally he just like I'm gonna power through you know and then this D one guy's crying in the thing because he's sleepy 
Yep. And his muscles hurts. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what, man. So you would be in what's called the dream team of buds, the big guys. You know, the guys that that remember we were talking the yeah, the Baywatch run, yeah, and I'm in the back doing this. You know, the look, yeah, yeah. Th- 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 look like a little fucking penguin <laughs> trying to keep up with you. And we did Steel Pier, Steel Pier. I know to go back to this, and literally the whole fucking dream team. One guy quit, right? One 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 wolf, and the rest of the sheep went with him. Right? Just boom, they went. No. Oh, the whole bow crew went, and literally they just toppled. They after, just after fu- one jumped, did, just they one just- did. They just crumbled like fucking weak little sheep and it was like all right smurf crew somebody get on we're like motherfucker but it was like so explain to people what that is what 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 steel Steel pier is simply this so steel pier is is when they take you to a barge and it's like i know people don't think san diego gets cold but it gets cold it's a piece of steel and it's that water is cold and and they wet it down and i shit you not they make you do certain things like First thing you do when you get there and you're, you, you jump in the water and everything's fucking soaked. You have to take off your shoes and put everything in there. Like it sucks. And you have to start doing little things and you can't do it. Like tie your shoes, put them in the left corner of a, you have a box and your shirt and this, and you're just like, so then they make you stand back up. Now you're in, you're just like your skivvies and you're like cattle. They move you to the end of it with the white Buffalo and you go in again. Everybody hits each other. You stay in there, tread water for a couple minutes, you come out, and like they pick the fucking windiest days of the year to do it. You know what I'm talking about. And you sit out there and you freeze. And when I say freeze, they make you lay down. And when you're getting up, your skin is sticking to the steel. And this is another story I always tell about Jason Redman. I don't know how it worked out, but I was with a gentleman by the name of, I think, Bonham, and I th- he didn't make it through Hell Week. He quit. But he was in the officer, and we were both, he was in my boat crew originally, and so was Jason. So when he left, it was kind of like Jason and I, and for some reason, I would always go in front of Jason. He was enlisted at the time, <clears throat> and it's when, you're, when your body and mind just say no more, yeah. right? But I, I wasn't going to quit. I just wasn't. I programmed myself. I'm not going to quit. But I'm going like, to die here. I'm going to, yeah, that's, yeah. and I literally thought I was. Yeah. But anyway, I like defied the law of gravity where I'm like, nothing, <laughs> it just wouldn't go. Jason's like, go, and I'm like, I, I, I couldn't go. So I just look back and I'm like, just fucking push me in. And he just pushed me in. And I needed that moment. I probably, if he wouldn't have done that, people ask me would I have quit. All I know is, is I couldn't move. Like, yeah. and it's not a joke. You've been there, right? Yeah, like, yeah, of course. Pissing down your pants. I mean, I was literally pissing and I was anything I could do to try to, to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people are like, you didn't do that. And buds, bullshit. Yes, I did. Um, but Jason pushed me in the water. And I remember, like, we get out, we're just miserable. You know, we're fucking wet dogs. And he's like, you bitch. And I'm like, you know, like, you know, whatever. But just, it was great to have him to do that. And what I do is, is like, in my office, right? I have my office, have my plaques up here. It's not, I love me wall. It's a wall that shows me what I'm capable of doing when the shit hits the fan, right? So a lot of people are like, oh, you've got an I love me wall. Man, I mean, I've got tridents. Flags, backups. I mean, I've got like 20 tridents that are there. Um, McTeams um, gave me, uh, I have my own bell that I use. You saw it yeah, at the yeah. Squire. Yeah. Um, but he gave me a picture of the bell. I have that bitch hung up. Like, don't ring the bell. Like, and I need that because business. It's a reminder. Yeah, because, you know, working for someone like Bedros Kulin, who is a perfectionist at everything he does, I fail all the time. I got my ass chewed by him a couple weeks ago. <gasps> it was horrible. Um, but I just kept grinding. I was like, okay. I've done this, you know, um, I've got my first, I got my actually first big check with him that I got. I got that. Got a picture of my family. I'm like, motherfucker, I got this. 
I mean, because that's what people, men, I'm, I'm speaking of men because I don't yeah. know shit about women. Um, we self-sabotage ourselves with everything that we do when we get out of our comfort zone. And that's what sets people like us from the people that didn't make it is I refuse to self-sabotage myself, right? I self-motivate myself because, you know, there's internal and external motivation. The people that get through the shit that we've got through, um, Jason was the external at the time, but he was just a shove, right? But yeah. I, I literally program my mind. Like I program my mind that I could not, I would, quitting was not an option. In second phase, there's somebody who's in charge of the bell who has to shine it. I'll do it. Everybody's like fucking it was the plague. I'm like, I'll do it. They were like, what the fuck? So every night I would go home. I, sh- I, I, I would have a dive buddy. We would run back. It was Jose Hoban. He hated me for it. Um, but I would shine the bell and I set up an apparatus. So, cause it, if that thing rang, you're fucking done. Um, and in the morning, before, even before a four, uh, uh, four o'clock time run, I'd have to get up at three, go run the fucking bell over there. But what I did was my, my mindset is I reverse engineered that I developed a relationship with that bell. And it was like, listen, I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to clean you and I'm going to respect you and I'm not going to ring you. And in return, don't be the magnetic force that brings me to you. And I tell you what, I think that was my secret. People, I did things that no one else wanted to do. I volunteered to go out to the island before and, and just get my ass hammered to me. That's interesting. So instead of fearing it. I embrace it. You embrace I told it. you that. I embrace fear. Like everybody, yeah. people would avoid that bell like the plague. And I was like, it's a fucking Speak, speaking bell. of what you do, we just had uh, Tony Blower come talk about, uh, did a talk. He was the guest speaker at the Squire program. <laughs> who talked? To, wasn't that a great talk? My God, he's an animal. Isn't he a fucking animal? He's a, 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 if you could like redo, like make a, a, a 2022 version of the Tasmanian Devil, there he is. Yeah. It's so smart. Yeah, but he did a talk on fear. Fear. And one of the best talks I've ever heard on the subject. Oh, he, he's got it broken down yeah. on so many different levels. Yeah. I hate him. I mean, he's so good, but he's, it makes so he's much a, he's, sense. He's so accurate. Yeah. hundred percent accurate. And, uh, I'm actually going to get his, the, the full seminar. I don't know if you've seen that, but I'm actually going to buy his whole full seminar on it. And yeah, he's, because it's, it's, it's beneficial for what I do just to be able to, you know, you know, take some of that and be able to share it. It's funny. I don't think I've ever called him by, his, I always call him coach B. Like coach I've never, <laughs> I've, I've never called him, you know, he's called me Tony. I'm like, okay, coach. He's like. But he is. He's a, he is a master at what he does. God, he's a subject matter expert in it. So 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 spinning off from there, to all these hard things, right? Mm-hmm. What? How do you think that's everything you've done in your in your life and, and and pushing to do these hard things? How do you think that's benefited you? Well, uh, all I've done. The secret to my success is I have literally taken. I've learned how to profit from pain. So I have a. I have a. Okay. An equation, and I actually ran this by Bedros, and this is what I live by. Pain equals growth, growth equals power, power equals knowledge, and knowledge equals profit. So all I've done is all the hard shit that I've done, I've learned to accept that in order to grow, you've got to know what you're capable of doing, right? You're never going to grow unless you know. And the one commonality that all people deal with in life is pain. I believe that there are six forms of growth, seven forms of pain. Growth, physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and financial, mm-hmm. right? And spiritual, if we don't want to get into religious, because now if you fucking blink, you offend someone. Spiritual is believe in your fucking self, yeah. right? But there's also seven forms of pain. Physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, financial, and sexual. I am not a growth coach. Yeah. I'm a pain coach. It's that simple. I have dealt with all those pains in my life. 
from my from a childhood, a bad childhood. Um, which you said something uh, when we were out there. You're saying something like um, that you were actually in some ways in a better spot that your father died than some of these guys that come through. Yes, that grew up with a father. Yes. So the the traumas and the pain. I think right. We've talked about we talked about this at the Squire program. Men are a double edged sword, right? We are a savage on one side and a servant. Case in point. Let's let I'm going to give you an example, right? You and you and Mama Bear are at the park. You're sitting down and you're filming. Can I say your son's name? Yeah. You're, you're filming. They're about 10, 12 feet away from you and you're filming Dimitri. Yeah. Okay. You're on the park bench. I come walking up at your family with my fist clenched, with death in my eyes, not even looking at you. You don't even acknowledge me. Where are you going to position yourself from with you and your family? Close the distance between. You're going to close the distance. You're going to put them yeah. behind you. We're going to have a verbal, knowing you, it's going to be a physical confrontation real quick. Yeah. You're savage. But when men don't need to understand, that's the pain, right? That's where you unleash the pain. But what men need to understand to be a real man, or what I'm learning now is you're a servant. You're a servant to yourself and to your family. Like, I don't know how, how you guys did it. And it's funny because Bedros always says, and I'm going to get to it, you choose your spouse. <laughs> Let me tell you what. This lion was checking out the lioness, and there were a lot of other lions checking her out. And I had to ask her father for permission. And I, ha- I got on my knee and I asked her, will you marry me? She chose me. Yeah. From the minute that she chose me and I put that ring on her finger, I realized that, yes, I will be the savage if I need to, but I will also be the servant, servant her. My wife, I love her to death. There she is. She's on my arm. Um, I've got two great fucking kids. My job is to serve them. My job is to teach my daughter how to be... I, I only teach so much with the girl. That's her job. But the boy, it's my job. I need to teach him... And I, I, in, I inflict pain on him. I make him push himself. Jiu-jitsu. He does jiu-jitsu. Um, I used to slap box with him. I teach him how to be a man because he is going to carry on my name. Now, all the things that happened to me, all the pain that I've endured have made me resharpen those blades, right? Because as men, as we get older, right, when we endure a lot of shit, let down, heartbreak, bankruptcy, you name it, our blade is still there. Like if your blade is dull and you swing it hard enough, you can still kill. You can still puncture. But what I want is the samurai blade. I want that fucking thing razor sharp. And what most men do, and I'm not saying this is you, but most men, once they get their blade sharp, <clears throat> the mindset is I'm going to hang it up and use it when I need to. Fuck no. Yeah. You got to sharpen it every day. So every day that there's I get no up, day off. there's, we see there is, I was waiting for you to say it. There is no days off, man. If, yeah. if you are a man, right. And I, again, women, the same thing. Like you just, it is. And I talk about it. I believe my, my equation of success is time plus effort equals results. Yeah. Bedros Koulian. I, I took four business calls on Christmas. I fucking work. I work 20, 25 hours a day, eight days a week, 400 days out of the year. He's like, that doesn't make any sense. But yes, it does. It makes <laughs> yeah, perfect it sense. I'm taking my first vacation in two years. I have to. My wife, my, but my wife brought it to my attention. Yeah. Because I'm so focused on trying, living, and I feed off my pain that sometimes I neglect the things that are important to me. The most important. The most important. Like, yeah. perfect example. Um, now, every week that I'm home, I have date, and this is what I tell men. If you have someone in your life that you love, have a date night with them. Right? If you have a son... 
I, I, I call it just, you know, man time. I don't, I'm not going to say, you know, date night with my son. That's kind of weird. But I take my, my wife on it. We're going to man camp. We're going Let's to man go. camp. Let's go. <laughs> get him a little, get D a little gee. Let's go. Yeah. D a gee. But I take my wife out once a week. I take my daughter out once a week. We try to do things together, right? It's not, it's not crazy expensive things, but yes, the pain that I have endured has made me the man that I am. I don't think I would have been, like if I would have had a normal childhood, I would not be sitting here with you right now. I wouldn't. Yeah. I would probably be sitting at home being a construction worker or a fucking teacher like everybody else in my hometown. Mentally soft. Mentally soft, physically out of shape, yeah. fucking emotionally a fucking wreck, sitting around um, living the Al Bundy life because thinking about the touchdown that they won when they're in high school. Some of my friends, when I go home and I love them, they, they, they talk about the past. When I get up and I do my speaking events for Bedros, they do the big fucking intro and it's great. And I'm like, listen, I'm not, we're not here to talk about what I've done. I'm here to talk about what I can do for you right now. All that stuff has made me, given me the street cred to get up here and talk to you. Pain gives you, if you can endure pain, it gives you credibility to those who understand it, right? Like, perfect example, um, if I'm going through something, I'm going to reach out to Nick and say, hey, I want your advice on this. Yeah. I don't want your fucking opinion. Like, um, if it was something, like if I was going, if I was going through a divorce, maybe I could talk to you about that. I don't want yeah. you to say. But if, if it's something that you don't know about, you're giving me your opinion. I don't want. I don't want anybody's opinion. I want subject matter experts to help me. I'm a pain. I'm a subject matter expert in pain. I've been through every pain there is, so I can literally talk to anybody about anything. But that is. But instead of using that as a crutch, I use it as a fucking superpower. Like yeah. if I can endure all that, right? I can do this. Like, per, and I I use it with everything I do. The lessons that I've learned in life in the military. I told you yesterday when I showed up with Bedros Cooling for my fucking job interview. Three hours early. He's like, dude, you're three hours early. I'm like, shit, I'm late. Because if you're early, you're on time. If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're fucking fired. Imagine if, you know, you wanted to work out yesterday. You told me to get down here. If I'd have showed up two hours late now, if it would have been traffic and doing, what did I do? I just got up early. Yeah. That's it, you know, because you got one shot, one kill. It's one shot, one kill. Um, and I believe that everybody gets one shot at something, right? It's, that's how it works. I had my one shot. I told Bedros Cooling. I'm not the biggest, the fastest, the strongest. I'm not going to make you the most money. He goes, right, stop. This is not how you do a job interview with me. I said, but no one will be more loyal. I'll be the first one and the last one off the battlefield. We were soldiers. Don't watch the movie. Read the book. And I said, I will literally bring the shovel and the lime, no questions asked. I'm that guy. And he just held his giant paw out and said, you're hired. And I was like, yes. And that was it. And I wasn't the only frog man he was looking at. But I knew that and that's my superpower. I'm loyal. And I'm loyal because I'm loyal to myself. So I'm loyal to others. But I'm very selective who I'm loyal to. I have a very small fucking circle, man. Well, but I think that's a lesson into itself right there. You know, I mean, you know, everybody's like, oh, man, you got these blue checks on Facebook. And Inst that doesn't mean shit, man. That doesn't mean no. shit. Like, I, I let people see parts of my life that I want them to see. That's it. I fucking grind. I, I, I. I mean, struggle. Th all that shit is, is, is garbage anyway, because it you is. could have all that. You could paint the biggest picture and your life could be a wreck. Your your relationship with your significant other could be shit. You know, I mean, look, look at the people that, you know, most of the time it can, is we can come through. Let's let's just let's pull it into the project. Right. Yeah. Looking at these men who come to the project and I'm not saying all of them, but, you know, there's a good handful of them because I know our relationship and my relationship with B and that a lot of guys come through 
relationship with their wife is shit. Yep. Sure, they make a lot of money. You know, they're they're you know at some point successful. Uh, they're not being a good dad. Yep. Their kids are you know doing whatever the hell, and they're not even connected to their father. Yep. Um, they're having affairs. You know who who knows what what else, right? So is but I'm sure if you look at their social media, everything's everything's hunky dory. Beautiful. Yep. Well, that's it's, why we do it's this. A, it's a facade. Well, I do this. I, I give you guys a taste of it. The Squire program, same thing as the yeah. project. Gentlemen, we you have four non-negotiables in life: your family, your fitness, your finances, and your faith. Right. Family, fitness, finance, faith. Grade yourself on that. As a family man, every avenue of a man that you are in your life—husband, son, brother, whatever—grade yourself on it. Fitness: Are you physically, mentally, emotionally strong? You can be the strongest cat in the world, but if you're losing your shit, right? If you're a men, if you're in the red or the blue, right? All the, the time. All the time. You're yeah. never in the green, and you have no mental toughness. You just you're beating yourself up. That's a horrible grade. Finance, finance isn't just about money, but it's about how to create growth, right? right. Success to me, and I want to make this very clear, is not always from a monetary standpoint. My definition of success is one of the, the uh, questions that Bedros asked me when I got interviewed. When I interviewed, he's a defined success for me. And usually it's money and it's this. It's my, my definition is helping others help themselves. I want to be able to provide a service doing something that I fucking love, which I do. And believe I, in. I want to yeah. believe in. And make money on it, but in return, I want them to obviously absorb the knowledge that they've learned, change their life, and then have them go out and recruit for me. And it works. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing right now. So yeah, and that's that's what's key is understand that. And then faith is simply this. Faith is the ability to believe in yourself. We broke down team, trust, effort, attitude, mission. Team care, man. I believe in my mission. And that mission is growth, physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, and financial. You put them in whatever order you want, Nick. I put them in my order. But I'm going to make sure I'm touching on all six of them. Because what most men do, and you just hit on it, is, right, I'll sit in the green room when I'm talking to these guys about the family, fitness, finance, and faith. I have a guy that's like, yeah, family's great. 100 pounds overweight. Make a lot of money. I believe in myself. I'm like, brother, that's an A, two Bs, and an F. That ain't that that's not a great that's not a great score. Right. I'd rather be a C average student than than that. Yeah. I'd rather make less money and put more time in myself. Well, I don't have time. Motherfucker, the only thing that you do have right now today is time and what you do with it. I everybody calls it time management. I'm not a businessman. I'm a warrior. I guard my time. I make sure I work out. Like, I got up this morning because my back was messed up. I still got my 800 push-ups into my 1,000. Mm-hmm. Um, stretch, and I'll still get a workout in probably later, later today after this or when I go home. But you have to get, you have to believe in yourself, and you have to get that fitness in. But the journey starts with believing yourself. Because here's the deal, man. You're not going to go anywhere in life if you don't fucking believe in yourself. And I'm here to Fact. tell, and 100%. I'm here to tell the world this. People tell you they believe in you. That's the biggest load of horse shit in life. Fact. It is. There are the, cer- the, so, the select so, few. So what's, what's crazy about, about that is if you look at every single champion, mm-hmm. any champion, any winner across the board, Yep. right? they always tell you, oh, I imagine myself winning this two years ago. So in their mind, they believed they were the number one person. They believed they saw themselves on the podium. They saw themselves get the gold medal. They saw themselves get, you know, the grade, whatever it is, get the job. Yep. They saw it years before. So in their mind, it had already happened. Already happened. So they were just walking the journey to, to that 
to the point that they already knew that was going to happen. I saw the same thing with Buds, but here's the thing. All the people that they think are their supporters, you're on the top of the world. They're there for you. You lose a fight or something doesn't happen, watch who fucking runs. They all run. I like that, though. I think that's the most liberating, because that's happened in my life multiple times, and it's the most liberating thing. That is the most liberating thing ever. And a lot of people, it sucks initially, because like, oh, I thought this was my friend. I thought this was my supporter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can, you know, you can mourn that if you want, or you can look at it and go. That's a gift. That's a gift. Because you just figured out who your people are. And I talk about that all the time. Weeding out the weak and then I weed out the strong. But I trim the fucking fat, man. Listen, here's the deal. And I've, I've told people this. Let's say you have a company. You have, you have 20 people working for you, right? Yeah. You have the seesaw. We talked, I talked about this before. You have one negative person in your life or at your business. Because there's three battlefields of life that all humans deal with. The battlefield, which is the internal struggle. The business field, which is work. And the home field, which is at home. You have one negative person that sits on that seesaw. You need seven people to counter that. So if you're married and there's negativity, it's a cancer. Yep. If you have six employees, it's a cancer. And if it's just you, it's a fucking cancer. You've heard this. Average human being has 60,000 thoughts a day. Yeah. 48,000 of them are fucking negative. Horrible. You know why that is? Is because people don't create what I call an MOL, uh, POL, a pattern of life. It's where you literally just journal what you do from the time you get up to the time you go to bed and whatever puts you in that red or that blue or mentally debilitates you and you start circling that shit. Can you briefly talk about the, uh, the red, blue, and green? Yeah, so... Because so so we're bringing it up. Yeah, I, I apologize. So yeah. emotional discipline, human beings live in three colors of their life. Blue is where you disassociate yourself, right? The cold shoulder where you, right. just, you just block it out. Let's say I'm yelling at, yelling at you for 20 minutes. Eventually, you're just going to shut it off. You don't hear yeah. anything. Right, right, right. Green is where you want to be in the perfect world. That's where you're kind of intuitive and alert what's going on. But then you also have the red where you lose your shit. Road rage. Road Somebody rage, right? Off. Decision something. making. Ask, ask, make, take. Yeah. Usually when you're red, you just, take, you just take action. What you need to do is understand that you need to redline the engine mm-hmm. at times, but you need to control the redline, right? When you're shifting a car, I'll get up there. When you get yourself in certain situations, you're going to redline, but you have to self-correct. Sometimes you'll start disassociating from things. Oh, you know, fuck them. That you have to. It's about pushing the limits. And what I try to do is get my my green average higher and higher and higher. That's what I do. So that's the emotional. But then there's also mental toughness, right? You have to do drills. When you get up in the morning, I have what's called a uh, MOL. I get up every morning and say, "Be great today. Be a bitch tomorrow." My daughter gets up every morning, and says, "I'm a champion. I'm a winner." My do- my wife gets up every day and says. I may not always win, but I'll never lose because you only lose if you quit. Right. You learn. And the thing is, is it's the first thing we say before we get up and the last thing we do before we go to bed. You're programming yourself because the world, news, all the shit that's going on is trying to program you to be negative. And I say, fuck that shit. I am going to control. I am the. Well, and they're, and they're programming you to for the best interest of them. For them, yes, yeah. yes. Not you. I am programming myself for the best version of me. How right. can I be a best, better version of me? How am I going to do that? I'm going to program myself to be better. I'm going to program, like, perfect example. You've got a son, you've got daughters. Would you want to program your daughter to say, I'm going to get up and be in a shitty relationship and get abused by a boy? No. You'd want her to get up and say, I'm going to be an independent, strong woman who's going to do blah, blah, blah. My, and then what she has to do is do it every day. Because when you're, when you're programming yourself to be positive every day, of those 48,000 negative thoughts, it's just kicking them, it's just knocking them down, knocking them down. 
knocking them down. Because of those 48,000 thoughts, usually three or four of them, it's the same three or four things. It's either a person, place, a thing, or right. an entity. So my thing is, is like, if you have a negative person in your life, and when, when you have this, this, these colors, right, this color scheme, I have a marker. And what I do is I journal. And for about 30 days, I literally journal only the things, right, what time I get up, what time I go to bed, because I'm looking for consistency. Yeah. What puts me in the red, what puts me in the blue, and what keeps me in the green. And I circle those things. And what happens is, I'm going to overlapping fields of fire, right? You're going to see things that continually are popping up that are putting me in the red, put, uh, constantly put me in the blue. Then what I need to figure out is how can I get that shit out of my life? Yeah. No matter what it is. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's not serving you. I had to do this with my own mother. Yeah. It it happens. It was, it affects you. You don't realize it. And the problem is, is most people, the things that are destroying their life the most are right under their nose. And what happens is, is because they're just so in tuned and so used to doing it that they just let it go. Everybody in their life has someone that they deal with that they probably shouldn't be. Yeah. I got rid of that motherfuckers. I got rid of them all. The way I like to 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 express that specific thing is you never walk, you never into go into a room or hang out with somebody and um when you get done with that that interaction, you're just tired. Oh yeah. And drained. And you're just like, fuck, I need like I feel like I need to go take a nap or get you're like a, a black hole. They suck you. Yeah, or a shower. Yeah, you need to go <laughs> feel position. <laughs> You're just like, oh, this is, I just feel gross. And then, but vice versa, you ever come in with, come in contact with somebody for a couple hours. And after that conversation, you're like, holy shit, I want to go take over the world. They're the magnetic force that draws you in. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, I want to go conquer everything now. I'm so energized. Those are the people that you need to surround yourself with. Yes. And that's what I've done. And, and, and the other people, the ones that are like that stinky pile of trash and the, and the, in the corner that just smells up the room and it just stinks yep. and it sits there and ferments and rots. Take it out. Take it out. Take out the trash, baby. The I trash. call it, tr- I call it trim the fat, trim yeah. that fucking fat. Yeah. I, I want to be, we all have those lives and, and you need to take, uh, you know, take freaking self accountability of like how you feel when you interact with certain people and guard yourself. Yep. Lean and mean. That's, yeah. I mean, look, we, we try to stay in shape. Yeah. Right. It's, it's the same concept. Just a different, just a different, uh, just different symbolism is, I want to be as lean and mean as I can. I don't want to have extra weight on me. All that is is extra negative weight. Yeah. I won't have it. You can't. I'm 50 fucking years old. I'm just starting to get my shit squared away. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm late in the game to it. I cause we talked about that earlier because we, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, throw all all the team guys. I'm not saying all team guys are 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 uh, our operators are scumbags, but you know, we go through our time of not living the the right way because, you know, we're either you know, fighting the enemy or, you know, whatever. There's a million freaking reasons why, you know, excuses, I would say excuses why we, you know, don't act like the men that you, you know, we are today. Um, but how much more fulfilling is your life when you do have those priorities in order? Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I feel like I'm fine. Like for the last two or three years, my life is fine. Like I I finally feel like I've, I'm where I need to be. I like it. And, uh, right. And, and I think that goes, goes, it goes back to the whole, you know, pleasure over purpose. And we've talked about that a lot on the, yeah. on the podcast, but yep. chasing, chasing pleasure and is, is like a, is a dark hole that you just constantly are filling up and you'll never, never be satisfied. Vice, 
getting your life in order like you were talking about. Yeah. Setting your priorities. Yep. Removing the trash, trimming the fat. Mm. You know, only the things that serve you. Being that savage servant, <coughs> that change that exponentially changes your life. Not only does it change your life, but like all of a sudden your relationship with your significant significant other is better. And you don't you don't you don't need all the things that you thought you once need to fulfill you up. You know, your relationship with your kids is better. Your work is better. Everything you're just like, man, I like my life now. Well, you know, a big a big uh, sign for men that are unhappy, and I I figured it out is I used to do a lot of impulsive purchasing. Okay. Had HSE supercharge, Range Rover supercharged, and had uh, that contractor life. Yeah, and that that Defender custom built 1983 yeah. Defender 110. Yeah. Barely drove either one of them. You see what I'm driving now? Paid in full. I'm happy. My priorities are changing. I'm focusing on other things instead of myself because I'm, I was trying to fill a void that I didn't know what it was. Like, oh, if I have this and I look this way in front of this people. Like, like I said, man, None of it means the shit. truck doesn't make the man. The man makes the truck. Yeah. And that's. We were, we were laughing. I said, if I, if I became a billionaire. I know. We just. I, yeah. If I became a billionaire, I'd drive the same exact vehicle that yeah. I have out there right now. Um, I just might also have a plane. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No shit. Yeah. So I don't have to wear a fucking mask on oh, the plane. Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Um, so on that, like. Tell me, so now you're working for, you have kind of three different things. You've got yep. uh, the project. Yes. You've got the Squire program. Yes, sir. And then LTD. Yep. Um, let's get into. Which one? The project, because right. that's kind of what we've been talking about the last 20, 30 minutes. Okay. So. Generally. So what is the project? So the project is a 75 hour fully immersive course, which is held in Chino Hills, California. We run roughly four classes a year. This year we're running one in February, uh, April, June, and October. Um, February's full. February's full. Yeah. yeah. February's full. Pretty much almost all the classes are full. Just, you know, we, we make room because it yeah. depends on the situation. Um, myself and Steve, uh, the maniac Marine, we are the two gentlemen that do, we're not salesmen. We don't, I don't sell anybody. Um, I'm a salesman and I interview people. When people get on, they think they're interviewing me. I'm interviewing them. Um, I will turn people down that have the money and it's not a cheap course. It is, I'll, I'll be honest, it's $10,000 for a veteran or first responder. It is $12,000 for a civilian. And people go, why the fuck are you paying so much money for that? For 75 hours. It's not for the 75 hours. It's for what happens if you graduate the project. And let's make no mistake about it. You only have a 60% chance of making it. <gasps> But if you train hard and we provide, we give you a training program, we give you weekly check-ins. And, and if you quit, there's no refund. Well, let's, yeah. If you get injured, yeah. the difference between injured and hurt is simply this. If it's injured, it's legit. Yeah. If you're hurt, it's your ego attitude or your feelings, right? When men yeah, start yeah, dealing yeah, yeah, with yeah. discomfort, yeah. I know the difference. So do I. <laughs> you do. Um, and if you get injured, you get roll and you're a good dude. You have a good hall rep, right? Like yeah. in, in, the, in our past, we will let you come back free of charge. If you quit, you ring the bell three times. My bell. One for yourself, one for your team, and one for everything else in your life because quitting is the most contagious thing I hear that there is. And people do it. And people do it because people think just because they pay the money, they're entitled to just get the, that's not, that's not it. Like I said, putting in the money just shows me that you've got ten or 12,000 reasons that you're fucked up and you've realized it, that you have to show up. Right. What we do is once you create, um, or you, excuse me, once you graduate, we're then going to put you in, we have a private Facebook group page, which is a hub where you're going to meet your 109 brothers. And no matter what you do is you get in there and you're going to explain your superpowers. Okay, this is Ray Cash Care. I'm 
49 years old. I live here. Phone number, address, email. Um, this is my wife. This is my son. This is it's pretty much a bio of me. Gentlemen, this is my superpower. And whatever you're fucking good at, we want to know. How can you help us? How can you be a mentor? But, dun, 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 here's my kryptonite. Here's my weakness. This is what I need to be mentored at. Lay it out there. Lay it out on the line. And the men from your, the ment- what you can mentor, that's the growth. You create yeah. growth, but there's also going to be pain. All men have dealt with pain and growth. All of us. If you sit here and tell me you've never dealt with any type of physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual, financial, or sexual, which most men in America are four out of the seven, yeah. then man, let me tell you what, I'll pay you, teach me. But what happens is in that hub is the more vulnerable you are with each sector of that, within your group, men are going to be drawn to you, right? And we create, this is what I love about Bedros. Bedros is like, we'll teach you how to make a lot of fucking money, but you can't just have your dessert. You've got to put in the work, yeah. right? You've got to make it. So we're going to focus on the physical, mental, emotional, social, spiritual. Then you, you notice the financials last. Money's last. Yeah. You have to focus on you first. And that's your what, foundation needs to be built. The fa- yeah. You, Cause that's the thing. Like, like Pedro says, don't, don't, don't tell me how to fix something if you're fucked up. Yes, sir. You know, like, you got your shit squared away? Yes. Like, when I want to learn how to make money? Yes. And what we're going to do is, is we are a brotherhood of men who are there for each other, and we have no hidden agenda. You know, if, if someone needs us, we're there. A guy yesterday called me when I was having dinner last night. I need to talk to you about something. I stopped everything I was doing. How can I help you, brother? And the one thing that we teach there, just like we do in the Squire thing, is number one, it's okay for a man to be vulnerable. Number two, it's okay for a man to fucking cry. And number three, it's okay for a man to say he loves somebody. Another man. If, if you believe in him. That was the hardest thing I had to deal with because I was always taught men don't do that shit. I was fucking taught wrong. Right. And what we're going to do is, is we are there for you for the rest of your life. That's why I have that crest tattooed on me. Um, and we're making a difference. Like everything I do is we're making a difference one human at a time. So that's the project. Next we have, do you want to go to school? Well, so, the, so, the, so, but to really, really dive into the project, I mean, we're talking about. Oh, you I want mean, me to get dirty with it. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So, so the project we are literally, this is what I offer. I offer money back guarantees. <laughs> so number one, in my course, you're going to be wet, cold, tired, and hungry. Yeah. Number two, this will be collectively the most physically, mentally, and emotionally challenging course you, you should, you're, you're ever going to attend. And for that, you're welcome. And third, you're going to give me three things that this country was founded on. Blood, you're going to bleed. Sweat, you're going to fucking sweat. Physically, mentally, and emotionally. Like, perfect example, I'm going to put you in an ice bath that's 31.5 degrees. How long? As long as it takes. I am mentally and emotionally going to sweat you out, meaning physically it's easy to sweat you, right? Just heat you up. But when you're in, the, and you're in that water, sleep deprivation, you know how long you're going to be in it, your mind is fucking playing tricks on you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to break that. That's, that's my gift. And then there's going to be tears. And this is what men need to understand. If you become, because this is what men do, all men in life. You're a structure. This is you. And what men do is through time, they build up these walls, right? You're very selective who you let in. Maybe you don't let anybody in, but guess what? You also have people that are inside now. Sometimes you can implode. And what we do, what Steve and I do, because that's our role, is we come in, physically, mentally, emotionally, and we break down those barriers that you have creating this vulnerable male. We stri- strip away all we strip away the everything. verbato and, and all. And that's this, what, yeah. that's what, and when you go through these camps that with these camps and buds and we, that, we're yeah. doing the same thing. We're breaking you down to the bare essential of a man. 
You're just this pretty much a child. You're back to being a child, this naked child. And what we're going to do is the family fitness finances and faith. We're going to rebuild you back up by creating teamwork, problem solving, leadership and communication in your business field by dealing with the team, trust, effort, attitude, mission. And what we're going to do is because here's the thing, right? I, you have beautiful house, beautiful beach house. Let's use the beach house, right? Yeah. Beautiful beach house you have. That thing can be as beautiful as you want, but if the foundation is is weak, what's going to happen to that house? Gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's going to fucking crumble. Yep. There's no difference between that and a human being. So, and the problem is, is what people don't understand is the shell of you, man. You look, you look great. You're in shape, big dude, good looking. Hey, um, but I don't know what's going on with the foundation, which is the internal. And most men are fucking suffering in silence. Yeah. And they're too, and society has told them, you can't talk about that. What's wrong? That's taboo. No, it's not. What you need to do is get around men who understand that. Or if that for some reason, if you do, you're not a strong You're man. not a strong man. You're weak. Yeah. yeah. You're I mean, a weak but man. Yeah. real strength comes from discomfort. Yep. Like when you're really, like when you're expressing like fears, frustrations, doubts, Maybe issues that you're having with loved ones to like, like if I'm having, like if I had that problem and we're talking, we're not recording that shit. Yeah. That's not a fucking Instagram thing. That's two men fucking talking right. and trying to create, right? There's problem makers and problem solvers. What we do at, at, at the project is we teach men how to be problem fucking solvers because a lot of people are, they just create problems yeah, and they don't need to a lot of the other, you know, there's, there's, they're, they're trying to fill that void and they're trying to, you know, either they are, they're creating problems because, you know, either they're lost or they're, uh, they're not fulfilled. Yep. Um, and it comes out in the most negative ways, it that's, does. but that's the reason that's really, I wanted to really kind of strip away because people see the ads mm-hmm. for project. Yeah. They see the videos that we post and they, they, see. they couldn't be farther from the truth. I know and exactly they, what you're saying. Yeah, and it, it looks like, Oh, I'm going to go pay this money. I'm going to have Ray beat my ass for 75 hours and then I'm going to go home and that's it. No. That's, so that's what they're seeing is that it's a process like anything yeah. else in order to, the thing is in 75 hours, I have, we have to be extreme by, breaking you down physically, mentally, emotionally, so that we can get to the core of the issue. The, the actual, what the project the root, really is. Yes, and yeah. that is redefining and rebuilding and restructuring a man from the internal to the external. Let Teaching a man that it's okay to be vulnerable. Teaching a man that, you know, most men, just so you know, are fucking selfish. Yeah. We're selfish as fuck. Um, and you need to, and there, and there are certain things that you need to be selfish with. Like, and I'm going to go on to this. Like the one thing B told me, right? Your why. Like B asked me, and this is, oh God, I love this because I, I get on the phone with everybody and I argue with each one of them. I'll tell a guy and I'm like, what do you want to be? I want to be a better husband, a better father, a better entrepreneur, a better this, a better that. Got it. What's your why? My wife and my kids. Okay. I know you love your wife and kids, so I'm watching what I say here. So this is what I'll say to him. So shouldn't your why be you? What do you mean? How can your wife and your kids be your why if you need to be a better version of you to be a better version for them? And people don't get it. So here's what I'm saying. If you want to be better at being a husband and a father and an entrepreneur, I'm not telling you to lower the standards of your family. What we're doing is teaching you how to raise the standards of yourself. Well, it's like it, what he says about, you know, if you're a level six, <laughs> you know, a level five, six communicator, you're never going to lead nine Seven, and tens. Seven, nine and tens, no. So what we're doing is we're going to make you a nine and ten of you so that you yeah. can be 
the nine and 10, whatever, it, it all starts from you. That's what men don't understand. Yeah. Like if you want to make money, you've got to educate yourself. You've got to believe in yourself. You've got to be a better version of you. I am selfish with my why, but I'm selfless when it comes to my family. That's what people need to understand. Most men are selfish and they're just selfish. Like I do things now for my family. I do things for other people. The more you, like I said, and I've, I've started coming into more money. Best le lesson I learned from Bedros in the project is the more you make, I was like, the more, the more you take, Bedros just literally smacked me. He's like, are you insane? The more you make, the more you give. Yeah. And I will tell you this right now, giving back feels fucking good. Like, you know, giving to Shriners and my wife's mother died of breast cancer doing, you know, it makes me feel good. And before, and if you don't have that shit figured out, if you're not making money, you can't give, you can't help nobody. You can't help nobody. You can't even freaking help yourself. You can't, I was just going <laughs> to that's the, and that's what the problem with most people are. They're so bitter because they're not where they want to be. And the first thing I tell guys is if you're not where you want to be right now in your life, I blame you now. You can take action, right? Ask right. what's the problem, make a decision and take action. That's decision-making. And most men are like, I'm not willing to, I don't have that kind of money. Okay, let's break it down. How much money do you spend on fast food? How much money do you spend oh, on this? I How much? That. I break that down. Yeah. And men- How many internet subscriptions do you have? Get mad at me. Yeah. They're like, that's fucked up. Is it? Or are you guilty like I was and then realize that the ultimate investment that you can make, a human can make in themselves is themselves. Right. My wife will never go for it. Well- then let's get your wife on the phone and let's let her, your wife talk to my wife and how I've changed her life, how I now have a better sex life, how I have better time management, how I am um, more secure with myself, how I can be, you know, like I will be the savage, but I'll be also a goofball with my family. How, you know, you'll see me doing videos. Ray Care, Navy SEAL, you can't post videos of you playing games on your wife. Why? That's real. The, the project has taught me this. If you want to be successful in life, you have to be real. Yeah. I'm not going to be this fucking charade, charade, acting like I'm something I'm not. And when you realize that <laughs> you you have to put other things before yourself, except for my why, you're going to be so much more successful. And what's also so great about this is this is like-minded motherfuckers that are here. Yeah. And we have everything. Yeah, We have I think, white, black, Asian, Mexican, Spanish. It, it doesn't matter. The one thing that we all have in common is, number one, we realize that we're fucked up because a real man realizes that no matter how squared away he is, he's fucked up. Number two, I have so much more room for growth. Number three, I will be a mentor, but I will be mentored. And number four, once I get to wherever it is I think I want to be, that's just a check in a box. I'm looking for another one. Like, that's where I come up with it. You, you, you used it yesterday on me, you dick, with the attack the hill. <laughs> attack the hill, which we can talk about. It's, I am, I literally control the ascent and I control the descent versus letting it control me. And right. then once I get to the top of the symbolism of the top of that mountain is my objective or my goal, taking a breath. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here stroking myself too long. I'm looking for another one because that's what real men do. We're constantly looking for challenge and the project does that. I am never satisfied because I'm, I'm not, listen, there's no such thing as perfection. There's only progression. Right. I am progressing. I'm climbing up that fucking hill every day and I'm getting better. Um, and it's not easy. I fuck up all the time. Trust me, boy. I've had a couple of conversations with Bedros where I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get fired. He's like, I'm not going to fucking fire you, dude. I'm just teaching you. And like, and that's what I love. And it's, I accept it. I, it's what you guys say at the, at, on the gym out there. It says never peak. The best oh, is yet to come. Love I, it. I, I, 
Oh. Yeah, right? What was, what was the word? Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, let me pull up the word that I learned from you today. Uh, Malaka. 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 <laughs> Number one in all, number Malacca. one in all of the world. Malacca. So okay, so that's the project, and uh, and if if men are out there, let me tell you something. And those are things that, um, you know, things like uh, you know the base reconnaissance course, you know, re- recon indoctrination platoon selection buds. These things teach you a lot about yourself. Yes. You know, and it's not all. Everybody's like, well, it's a lot of it's all physical. It's, yeah, sure, it's physical, but it's in the same way. It's physical in a way that to get you broken down, to, to strip away all the bullshit to see who you really are when things get really tough. The mental and emotional is what really takes its strain on you yeah. because we, ha- we have to just, we have to peel back the barriers that you've built. That's the, that's yeah. what the physical is doing. We're chomping away at it. That's the symbolism of it. And most men just think, Oh, I'm going to go to buds and well, I'm going to, I could do this and I don't need to do this. I can do a tough mutter. This is not a fucking tough mutter. Yeah. I've seen a lot of tough guys go through our courses and not make it. No, yeah, because, because they're, they're one dimensional. They right. think that in order to be a savage, you just need to be physically tough. You couldn't be farther from the truth. Yeah. You have to be mentally and emotionally. F- that's where Resilient. you have to be as fucking, yeah. I was going to say just a savage. That's where it comes into play. I'm not the biggest, the strongest, and the fastest guy. But the thing is, is I just won't quit myself. Yep. I mean, I have no plan B. So how did how did the where did the Squire program come from? I mean, I I know the history, but like you had the project, and all of a sudden it was like, okay, we're going to do this rite of passage thing. Um, Bedros came up with that idea. Um, number one, because we've all had. Collectively, we've had some rough childhoods, all of us. My father yeah. was murdered. Uh, Steve's father and him didn't really connect. Um, Matt's, Matt's mom was married eight times. Uh, Aaron had a horrible childhood. And Bedros had a father, but he was very strict, obviously, Armenian, old, very yeah. old school. And Bedros um, came up with this because him and his son, Andrew, have a very great um, relationship. And he just was looking for something because they were do, they do like a little adventures and do things. Yeah. And he was saying, how can I collectively come up with something where I can bring men into something that I'm doing and teach life lessons? Because all of us have life lessons, right? Right. And that's what we've done. So Bedros came up with this. And the minute that he brought it by our attention, we were like, yes. And then it was like, okay, we need a curriculum. And I'm like, okay. So how, how that breaks down is for the squire is, you know, obviously there's myself, who's the seal. You have Bedros, the entrepreneur. And again, remember, four of the five were all fathers. Matt, who is the SWAT operator and the hostage negotiator. Steve, who's the maniac Marine, father, son. He's got a uh, daughter, too. And then Aaron. Aaron is the MMA fighter slasher chaplain. He does not have a child, but he has a dog, so we'll, we'll take it. Um, and what we He's did, very fatherly, though. He is very, very nurturing, yeah. very spiritual, and we need that because Steve and I are maniacs. And what we do is, is myself, Bedros, and Aaron work with the young men, the young warriors. We're not saying boys here. This isn't boys. This is men. And Steve and uh, Matt work with the fathers. And what we do in this course, right, um, the Squire, it's about a 15-hour hour course. It's a long day, I'll tell you it's that. It's a long day. And if you had to break it down collectively with the physical fitness, I would say it's 70, 30. Dad, dads get off easy, but there's a reason for that. Yeah. Dads are already battle-tested and battle-proven. Right. What we're doing here in a nutshell is, and we just talked about this because it kind of all resonates between the three is we're resharpening your blade, but we're helping forge their blade. Right. Now, right. 
you went through. If, if I'll, I'll say this, and 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 maybe I'm a little bit biased because I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I do physical things, physical hard things all the time. It's not physically that no. tough, and, and it's not meant to be. Like, like short spurts. Short and, spurts, yeah. But it's like, hey, you know, Dad, we, we got to put out. But what it's more meant to do is for the young men to see the real role of what a real male role model is. Right, together. Together, right? Yeah. So what we teach here, and I want I really want to focus on this because this is, this is, we're trying to develop and create a new generation. So this is my mm-hmm. passion, is this. Um, we focus on... The four non-negotiables. <gasps> Hear that overlapping field of fire. Family. First thing that we, and you, were, you just went through this course, and I mean, you can attest yeah. to it. Family with Jameson, right? He needs to know his role in the family, the male role models, if they're siblings and mom's role in that family. Right. And this is what young men need to understand. If you're 12, 13 years old, and, and dad's not home, you are the man of the house. Sorry. That's just how it is. It's a big responsibility. You don't Never, get to be a little boy. You don't. Yeah. Right. It's just if the situation happens, I understand mom still makes the rules and stuff, but if right, you are the man. So that's it. Number two, fitness. First thing I, I, I say to the dads, dad, are you in shape? What does that have to do with anything? Everything. Your son is going to be direct reflection of you. So if you're not in shape, get your ass in shape. I tell dads that start training with your son right now for this course. Right. Um, do things together. Work out for 15 minutes a day. Young men do jujitsu, do a, do a contact sport. Be, it's okay to be masculine. Love you, Ryan. <laughs> it's okay. Masculinity is not a dirty word. No, it's it's okay to yeah. be a savage. Um, but fitness is physical, mental, and emotional. You've got to have a cool head. We teach young men in here. Listen, if, if you are in the situation where you can stop bullying, step up and be a man. Because letting that go. Regardless of the repercussions. Regardless. Listen, here's the deal. I told my son the same thing. If you ever see a man disrespecting a woman or you seeing bullying and you can step up and do it and you get, ex- there will be no repercussions for me. Zero. Zero. And I'll have words with the school. I will have words with the school and I'm probably going to take you out and buy you a steak dinner and probably <laughs> yeah. get you a cigar. To, <laughs> right. They won't tell that. But right. <laughs> so that's the fitness. Finance is simply this. And this is what we teach him. This is what I teach him. Number one, the importance of a dollar. Number two, fuck go fun. Go out and get a job. Yeah. You can do things, right? I, and this is what I tell young men. You should not get an allowance for straightening your room up. You should get an allowance for going above and beyond. That's it. Like, go help somebody. Go do something, right? My daughter babysits. And this is what I also teach her, too. She makes $10 an hour. $6 of it is hers. $4 goes into a pot. Teaching her about taxes. I'm teaching them. And lastly, you ready for this? (gasps) Mom and dad are not an effing ATM machine. That's it. Be grateful, not greedy. And then... Last is the faith. Team, trust, effort, attitude, mission starts with me, starts with your last name. And you need to understand that your job as a young man in this course right now is we're teaching you that your sole purpose in life is to serve yourself and your family, not your friends, because 99% of the time they're not your real friends. And once you understand that... Yeah, and these lessons are not being taught. They're not being taught. They're not being taught in school. And I'm sorry I'm not yelling at you, but I get fucking furious about it society is teaching men to be weak and right. it infuriates me and sheep and sheep and yeah. do do as i say not as i do no don't question anything no. fall lead, in line leaders lead yeah. listen and learn yeah they're not led they don't hear and they don't lose and we get into that later and then what i also teach these young men is it's okay to like and what i love with this too is 
let's let, well let's talk about the course real quick. There's two big pinnacle moments in the course that have to happen, right? And it's I don't want to say it's a pass fail, but Dad, you're going to get your ass in there, and so is he. And one is the ice bath. And what happens is, is the father and son, they attack the hill. They don't, you don't get in slow. You attack it. You get in quick. They get in and it's very uncomfortable. And what I love about the course, right, is you always see me. I say, hey, dad, with your permission or, you know, and I'll be checking pulse, yeah. heart rate, whatever. <clears throat> and like, let's use JMO. He'll start looking at me and I'll be like, don't fucking look at me. <laughs> look at, look at uncle. He's in it with you. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm an outside, you know, spectator. And what I love about this is at that moment, I don't care how many businesses Nick runs, how successful he is, nothing in life matters. Except for that right there. Except for that eye contact, right? We're right here together. Right here. And like I tell dads, I whisper, dad, get your shit squared away real fucking quick because he needs you. He needs you right now. And I'll tell you, man, it's a lot for those young men to get in that. 31.5 31.5 degrees. And spec op guys, just so you know, we're the worst because we don't, we don't, there's no breathing. You're like, Aaron gives, we just get in there like, <laughs> I do the same thing. And Aaron's like, I'm like, motherfucker, I've been breathing for 49 years, but he's right yeah, and he's I'm right. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what happens is, is he realizes that he's feeding off you and like, look at him, talk to him, yep. walk him through it. And what happens is he's uncomfortable. Because if I'm panicking, He's going to oh be my. like, oh, man, if he's panicking, I'm fucked. You're not allowed to panic. Right. That is your role. Right. That is your responsibility. As soon as, I'm, as soon as I control, I mean, obviously, I get into ice pass all the yeah. time. So if, soon, but as soon as I can get my, like, I'm breathing control, I'm like, JMO, breathe. We've got this. But I calm him you down. You calm him down. You're talking like, him off the ledge, right. right? But as a father, as a, real, a real, male role model, sorry. Yeah. You have two jobs. Your job is to talk him to the ledge when he's doubting himself and talk him off the ledge right. when he's losing his shit. Right. And this is what rail, ro- goddamn, male role models, I sound like Mel Tillis, <laughs> do. And they need to do. And that's your, that's, your, that's your responsibility and your role. Right. Now, once he gets out of that, he thinks it's over with. We got to heat him back up. We put his ass back in because you're never out of the fight. Right. Right. I no, take the, we, the second time was worse. Second time is worse because Sometimes. then the face goes under. Yeah. Like, it's like, Hey, you just accomplished something, but what do most men do? Yeah. Al Bundy. No, now it's going to get worse because that's what life's going to do. It's going to throw right, you right, more right. and more and you're going to roar and roar. And you, every time you come out, you're roaring. And it's so funny because all young men think they're the shit and they think they've got it dialed in. And what's amazing is, is we have them working on their battle cry, their roar right. during the day. But then there's a big difference between, 12 and 13 and 40 and 50, when we roar, right. it's deeper. It's battle-tested. It's battle-proven. And when we do that at the end, you see the young cubs. They're like, they realize, holy shit, man, I've got a long way to go. Right. But I'm on the right path, and that's what's so key. Um, now, one of the last evolutions, and I think this is probably the most, again, impactful. That's what this course is about, being impactful. It was a lot more impactful than I thought it was going to be. It is. When, I, when I took it off. Go ahead. So but yeah. what happens is it's as simple as this, dads, and I want you to listen to me very carefully. We're going to blindfold your son, and we are going to walk him through hell. We're going to walk him through, and I'm not, please, I'm not, glass, um, rebar, fire, nails. people swinging, nails, and Lily, no bear one traps. bear bear traps. And Lily, we'll be, be like, you have to walk him as close as you can to these. Not like you have to avoid it; you have to embrace it. There's no way around it. You've There's got no to way step around over it. it. You got to step through it. And around it. Here's yeah. what happens: like you have this moment where you look at Jameson and said, "Listen to me. 
if you don't listen to me, you're going to the hospital. Yeah. And shit, we've had shit get so real before. We've had sons that are like 12 years old go, Roger that, right? Like for that moment in time, it's almost, it's a brotherhood. That's where the bonding starts, where he realizes that, oh my God, this man is controlling my my life and my health and wealth. But guess what? You do that all the time. They just don't realize it. And that's what I think was such a like a, a pivotal thing because before I get on there, I said, listen, because there's other people, it's other things happening at the same time. Oh there's my, other noise. There's other it's things. Distractions of life. Distractions. And that's why I told him, I said, listen, this is just like life. There's a lot of noise in the world. Okay. It's all just noise. I need you to block all that noise out. You're going to hear a lot of things. The only thing you give a shit about is my voice. And I'm going to be inches away from you the entire time. So you block out all that stuff. All that matters is me and you. And then you seeing me on the other side. And we're going to walk through this together. Because communication is key. And it's about transmitting and receiving. You're transmitting out. And let me tell you what, motherfucker. You better receive it. Because if not, it, it, it's going to be a long day at the hospital. And but, what happens is, is when it's over with. Oh, my God. That was that picture you showed. Yes. That I, I, I showed up. it. To, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. and I get goosebumps when I see it because. This is not like, this isn't like, hey, hug your nephew so we can get a good picture. This is real oh, life no, emotion. The, you could, I could feel it when yeah. I hugged him. He was like, you take that blindfold off and you're like, holy shit, I just did that. And men, young men at that age don't know how to block out the noise. But guess what? We threw them into the, the, the lion's den. They have right. no choice. And this is what I think the world needs more of is being thrown into I don't mind being thrown into the lion's den as long as I have the right lion directing me on what to right, do, man. right? Who's been there and done that. And like I said before, this is what was so awesome. We've had CEOs of Rite Aid and all, I mean, it, or um, Fit Aid. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are at that moment. It's survival. And we... You're just, you're just dad. And, 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 we're, and like, usually I say, we're dicks, we're not pricks. We used to scream at you while you were doing this. Now we just have ambient noise. Because Beatrice is like, oh my God, someone's going to go to the hospital. <laughs> but Steve was a maniac. But what people need to understand is, is the power of believing in, in that family, right? Dad is there to protect you, right? And again, we and go- guide you. And, that and whole guide you and, and guide educate you, you yeah. and teach you and, and make you strong. And, and, and what I love is it doesn't matter, right? Here you go. My son was thinking about being a Navy SEAL. Does he talk to me? No. <laughs> Because he needs to hear it from someone else sometimes. Yeah. My thing is, is talk to a fucking Navy SEAL. He's talking to a guy in the regular Navy. Eventually, men, young men, are going to want to challenge and they're going to the whole line resist. Thing. Yes. You know, and the thing is, they need to understand that dad has been there and he's done that. Like, my son has done the dumbest things in the world. And I know exactly what he was doing because I was there and I've done that. You, the young men, forget that we came from where they are. But this, this creates that bond this creates that bond and then what happens afterwards is i mean i get calls all the time from dads like it's awesome they're like you're not gonna believe this me and my son are doing jujitsu now that's awesome yeah. me and my son are doing this um my son is now opening a car door for a woman for mom yeah you should be right like my daughter is 13 years old i have opened the car door for her and mama since the day i brought her home i told her you should expect you know how to open your own car door, but you better, ex a young man better open a car door for you. A young man, she's got a little, like a little suitor, a little boy. I told him, we had a conversation when we went out. I said, you need to understand this, right? This is, this, and I mean, this was real. His name's Nico. I'm, I'm going to call him out on here. Uh, we were at a Mexican restaurant. I said, they were going to a movie. 
And I was going to sit in the same theater as him, but mom talked me out of it, the power of my beautiful wife. And I told him, I said, you need to understand something. I said, I, I can't be any more serious than I'm right now. When I'm not around, she's in your hands. She's your responsibility. Right. And I told him, if you fuck that up, I'm going to fuck you up. I mean, it's just, I mean, and he literally looked at me. He wasn't scared. He said, yes, sir. Because he was brought up the right way. But the other things that we teach at this course, first thing I did when you, is I make you guys stand up and I said, hey, turn to your father, role model, whoever it is, and thank them. You did not have to come to this course. You have, other, you have a thousand other things you could do, and the course costs $1,900. There's 1,900 reasons of why he believes in you. So you can do two things. Let me teach you how to give a proper handshake or you can hug your father. Let me show you how to do a proper hug. And all of you guys, I thought we're good. they all hugged. That's okay. And that's good. And no one judges you. It's okay. My son's 27 years old. I still hug and give him a kiss on the cheek. He's like, Dad, I'm like, shut up. You're still my boy. I'm getting this. It, it, In my mind, you're still a baby. You're still a baby. And <laughs> yeah. he's going to be that old and you're still going to be like yeah. that. you know. But we'll still do a good handshake. Yeah. And the first thing I teach these young men in here is when you give a handshake, number one, you never sit down. You're always standing up. You look someone in the eyes. You give them a good, firm handshake. And you let them know they're there. And at that moment, transmit and receive. And those two human beings need to understand there's no other place on earth I'd rather be than meeting you. Right here. That's how yeah. relationships are developed. That's how bonds are created. And what we do is, is we're, we talk about that. Hey, like if you don't know how to, dad, if your son doesn't know how to change a tire and he's 15 years old, fucking shame on you. Get out there and teach him. Yeah. Right. Teach him how to do that. Like everything's computerized right now. I taught my son, listen, back in the day, shit, we were talking about carbureted. It's easy. Now it's make sure this and this and this, check it out. Right. Know how to do things. Know how to be the guy who can protect not only yourself, but your loved ones. And people go, why are you doing this so, so young? If I could do this, I would do this when there were three. I would. I would do it as early as I can. This is the age, and it's the eight from the, between the ages of 12 well, and if, 16. If you, look at, if you look at human beings and, and cultures over a period of time, every culture had a rite of passage. Yes. The Native Americans had a rite of passage when they became, became men. Uh, the Greeks. I mean, that's why we called our our company the Agogi. The Agogi was essentially a youth program for them to become Spartans. Spartans, yes. You know what I mean? Like, so every culture had this rite of passage of becoming, you know, from going from a boy to becoming a man. Yes. But then in America, we're a hosh of cultures, and we just kind of whitewashed it. Yes. And, and Bezos tells an amazing story yeah. of the young warrior who's cut and he has to go live out in the woods overnight and come back. He either comes back or he doesn't. He has to survive. That's one of those, those rite of passage. And we don't have that. And society has kind of gotten rid of this. And this is the reason why you see so many young men be turned into man boys. Yes. That's the right term. Yeah. Man boys, boy mans, whatever. So I think right now, I honestly think right now, I mean, you know, you have, there are certain like, you know, there's cub scouts that, you know, there's things out there that are still trying to help, but they're still getting a little derailed too from, um, Right now, our only intentions at this course are we are trying to make sure that these young men have the tools that they need for the essentials. Yeah. The essentials. Now, what they do with that is not only their responsibility, but it's the dad's responsibility. Right. Like, I tell, you know, I, I get it. Listen, dad's hustling. He's working. You've got to make time for these young men. You've got to. Like, call, man time. Yep. Once a week, do something, right? And just so you know, this... If you have two hours with your kid, this is not man time. 
This is not man time. This is man time. Hey, what do you want to do today? Blah, blah, blah. Even if it's as simple as, like, I'll take my, if, if money's tight, I'll go for a two-mile walk. Talk to my daughter. How was your day in school? Fine, good. No, come on. Give me more than that. Because <laughs> I want the dirt. That's what kids I want, do. I want they, the real they, dirt. They yeah. build a wall and, yeah, because they're not comfortable. Yeah. Right? Same thing with my son. How was your day? They're both of them. Good. Uh-uh. What you learn in school today? Stuff. No, no, no. Uh-uh. Let's, we're going for a two-mile walk. So we can I want, either. I want the dirt. Who did what? Yep. Who got busted and for what? And then before yeah. you know it, that two-mile walk turns into a four-mile walk. Yeah. And you, you can't put a time. You can't put a time on bonding. You can't. So we're doing, uh, you've got one in Maine, you've got one in, <sighs> in Austin. You, we're doing one here. That's four this year, right? Up, oh, um, and fi- five. We, plus, it'll be, we already have one in Chino, and, and we've got another, another one. one in Chino, so that's six. Six in, for the we're year. We're growing exponentially. Yeah. Is that so, the right word? Yeah, so what's the what's the future for this choir program? What's the intent? <laughs> that's a good question. So I, uh, um, we have been getting just bombarded with people asking if there's a way that we can... They, bring it to their hometown. Yeah. So right now, um, Bedros Koulian, the king of franchise and the king of licensing, the king of everything is kind of weighing in on everything and seeing, um, if that may be an option. He has been talking about maybe possibly opening this up so people can start doing this. Yeah. It, nothing's set in stone. It's going to just depend on, you know, obviously we do a lot of research and, we're having a lot of people. We might be doing one in Florida too. Um, I personally um, see this being the new, the new thing. The new right, the the right of passage. In my goal, in 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 my eyes, my eyes. Again, I'm not speaking for Bedros. And again, there's a lot of things that have to fall in place. I could see this being in every state and just different cities and counties, and and because that's what it's about. Because we already have the curriculum built. Yeah. I mean, you're not an easy man to please. You came through it right, and you loved it. Oh, so t- much I, so. I'm telling people that I'm like, listen, I don't 1900 bucks, and I know that's expensive for it some is. people. I'll tell you, beg, borrow, and steal because it's worth it's worth more than that. And the, the transformation that I saw in my nephew in 15 hours, and his confidence, and it's just a you know, just I mean, he's the he was the one of the youngest, smallest people there, and he was one point away from monograd. I know, and he was, and it wasn't because his his uncle was Nick. It was because not at all because you weren't you weren't with me half the day. It was right. because he was putting the fuck out. Yeah. Right. And I, I got on him and that's the thing. I'm firm, but fair. Like when he showed up, we're not going to, he was very soft spoken. I'm like, no, we're no, not, no, no, we're no, not no, doing this. no, 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 this is not in your genes, brother. You need, and he, by the end, it was he's funny, like, man. Ray pulled, he, he, I, he saw that in JMO. Like, so he's like, Oh, I'm on you. I've, I saw I, it. I'm on it. Yeah. You know? And, but he, and his, his fire is being lit. Yep. Now what he does with that fire is up to him and it's up to you. Right. This this isn't you go through this course and it's life changing. We've had some fathers that literally are traveling and either helping out or they're going through the course over and over and over because they're like, this is the only time that me and my son bond. And then we have this great connection and they're like, well, shit, what happens after they turn 16? Well, when they turn 18, then come the project if you want. But, you know, <laughs> you guys can do the project together. <laughs> but we are making a difference. And it really is. I honestly foresee this. There's so many people that and I know Bedros is very we are getting hit up every day. Like, can you bring this to us? And can you bring this to us? I mean, we did this. You went Ryan Mickler. Yeah. What Ryan's like, I want this here. You come through. I want this here. Um, you know, we're doing this and, uh, we're making a difference. I mean, we're doing this West, West Whitlock. Right. Solid. He's like, I want this here. 
And what's going to happen is, is this is just going to grow from word of mouth. And before you know it, um, I, I honestly see us having thousands of these. And I see this hopefully reshaping the new civilization. And I know that's, that's strong words, but reshaping it in a positive yeah, we manner. Have, we have to. I mean, that's, Something that's, needs a, to a, change. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why so many fathers, and you know what's amazing about this? Because um, I take all the calls for it. Probably 50% of the calls are from the moms asking about it, saying, listen. That's what I see on my social posts. Oh, my goodness. You know, and now I will tell you this. We, right now, we're not doing a daughter-mother thing, but and we're not doing a daughter-son. We actually even will provide a positive re- male role model. We have, you have, you even said, hey, I'll step in, right? You've yeah, done it before, Ryan. My own here. If, I, if there's yeah. a hole, I'll, I'll jump in as another dad. Um, Sean, uh, what's his name? Um, yeah, Sean Buck Rogers. Sean Buck in, Rogers. Yeah. He he just jumps on the plane and says, I'm coming. Let's yeah. do it. You know, he doesn't ask for anything in return, and we do that. And what happens is, is right now, we'll come to you. We're coming to you. We're going to bring the boom. Um, we're going to make a, a huge impact. We are videoing this stuff, yeah. um, and we want to get the message out there. And eventually, um, I honestly think it's only going to be a matter of time before Bedros, and I'm again, I'm not speaking for him, is going to have to pull the trigger on this. Yeah. Because we're making such an impact. This is not an impressive course. Impressive is is short term. This is impactful. We are making a, a real mark on people. Um, and it's not all the physical stuff. I mean, like no. you said, it's the the physical stuff is just is it is to get there. It's it's just like the, it's, it's to just, get there. It's, it's just to get there. It's the highway to get there. And what's so amazing about this course is when you graduate this course, you get a cert- well, you get some cool stuff. Right? Yeah. You got the cool shirt. We have the amazing graduation dinner, but the certificate signed by all the instructors, but the most important signature on there, dad, is it comes from you. Right. Right. And a lot of these young men that dads are like, oh, they're not going to do anything. Guys are making shadow boxes out of them and they're hanging this stuff up. I mean, they're fucking proud of this. Yeah. And you, which is crazy because it's like, it's really just 15 hours, but if they're, if that's the result, then that should tell you exactly how impactful it is at a 15 hour event that you're getting this thing hung on your wall as a, as a reminder, like I did that. And these are the things that I stand for. I mean, at five o'clock in the morning, we're working. And I tell them, you know what? Do you know yeah. what every other 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 kid in America is doing right now? They're they're either sleeping or playing a video game. Yeah, they're still up from the night prior. This yeah, is this games. is why you are going to be a great human being yeah. because you're putting in the work. Right. The work. And that's that's our second program we run. That's awesome, man. And what do you do for LTD? Oh LTD is the leadership team development training where Steve Eckert. Uh, myself and Bedros um, are business partners and we go to companies and corporations and we focus same thing. This is a, this is not a um, cookie cutter type program. We actually go in, let's say you want us to come to Johnny Slicks and do something, right? So the first thing we do is myself or Steve will sit down with you. We're going to ask you a couple questions. What are your core values? What are your internal revenue streams? What is this? What is that? And what we're going to do is, is we're going to then this is what's so cool about us. We give you a survey to you and your employees and we want them to just be completely honest and transparent with us. Where do you see problems? I can have two people and they're completely different, but what's going to eventually see, we're going to see usually it's communication. And then what we do is we come in and we do a teamwork problem solving leadership communication drill. um, And we teach the companies. This is what companies need to understand. If you're, if you're a CEO of a company and you have an employee that's usually running it on an eight cylinder capacity, and then all of a sudden, they're running at a six-cylinder capacity. They're still running, but they're just not giving you their optimal performance. 
you could literally, if you, if you design and develop a relationship with them, open door policy and say, hey, you got a second, can you come in? Yeah. Everything good with your family, fitness, finance, and faith? Everything good? How about your three battlefields of life? Let's start there. Is it the battlefield? Are you having an internal struggle? Is it something at home or is it something at work? If it's at work, it's teamwork, problem solving, leadership, communication. You have a problem with employee. You can literally, with this company, we teach that you can't be fucking good at one thing unless you're good at all three things. Right. Like, most, we just had successful CEO of a company. His personal life sucks. That's an A and an F. Right. That is not, that is not a passing grade. So what we do is we bring it to perspective that you have to do this, this, and this. The one thing that Steve brings out, and I love this, is room. we just did this with 36 CEOs of like huge companies. How many people have a schedule, calendar for their work stuff? How many people have a calendar for their personal home life? You do. Most don't. Like literally like three people. We actually learned that um, a couple years ago, we actually started writing in our personal Best stuff. self journals. Yep. Yeah, we write our, we, so we, when we sit down and do our schedule, all the personal family stuff, personal stuff goes in first. Our training, our, you know, obviously for jujitsu, like we do it a lot together, so that's part yep. of part of it. That all goes in first. Vacations goes in first. Yep. And then you, all the you other You build stuff. everything around it. Same yeah. thing, I, and I color coordinate that. Yeah. So project is blue, um, LTD is yellow, um, Squire is like a, a pinkish. Yeah. Um, vacations are blue and personal life is gray. And Lily, I can go in there and I do timers on this. I got to watch the time. I know we're getting late here. Yeah. Um, I literally do a one week, one day, 30 minutes, 10 minute on everything. I will not be late, especially with my family. I will not miss that because most people have, a, have schedulings for the things that they think are really important in life. And again, making money is important. But also having a family and having that support but if element. That's an A and that's an F. It sucks, man. Yeah, it sucks. And usually this isn't a real strong A and this is a really strong F. So <laughs> right. that's that's yeah. how it works. It's like, yeah, this is a you know, this is the lowest A I can be, but this is a fucking like one. Yeah. You can't have that in life. And that's what we what we focus on. And we are going around to corporations. I mean, we've spoke to some huge companies. Um and we cannot get enough praise about it because we're coming. It's easy to go up there with graphs and charts and say, oh, and that's boring, but we make people do things. The first thing I do is a communication drill. Five words, transmit and receive. I need you to get 20 people, same word, come in there and back. Or just getting down there, write it down. They say it one time. They, You would say it, these words, single syllable, four single syllable, one double syllable word. Yeah. You have to pass it on. Then after you do that, you break and you write it down. I'm going to see who, because here's what people do. They transmit something right, but they receive it wrong. Right. Sometimes it's just wrong and wrong. And what happens is, and it gets worse and worse. If you have yeah. about 20 or 30 employees, you're going to see the same four people coming out. Yeah. And then what you have to figure out is, are they on the wrong seat of the bus or are they on the wrong fucking bus? Meaning, are they, can you train them up? Because if they're not trained right, number one, CEO has to take full responsibility. It's your fault. Yeah. But then you have to take action. Problem makers, problem solvers. Okay. I need to get my, my chiefs or whoever, to see, can we train these up? Sometimes it's as easy as doing a lateral transfer, moving into a different position, but sometimes you have to get rid of them because I know everybody says, in a perfect world, hire slow, fire fast. But if you lose somebody unexpectedly, you have to hire immediately, right? I will hire someone for effort and attitude. Yeah. Trust takes time, and I will teach them the mission. And that's what we do, and we are exploding with that. And what's so great is not usually about 80% of the time it's myself and Steve that go in, 
But every now and then they want the Mecca to come in and we'll, you know, a little upcharge. We'll bring the boss man in and Bedros will come in and he loves it because, you know, he's just talking to young business entrepreneurs who are hungry and, you know, he's worth all this and going, listen, this is what, and, and we're raw. Like we give it to him raw. Now we're not effing people out or anything like that, but we just, we put it in a way that people need to hear. That's the thing. We tell people what they need to hear, not what they want to hear. Which is painful sometimes. It is painful. And it's, you need, you know, it takes pain sticks. Equals, pain equals growth. Growth equals power. Power equals knowledge. Knowledge equals profit. <laughs> there you go. So uh, where can people find you, Ray? Yeah, um, I can be found on Instagram at Ray Cash Care. Um, you can find me if you go to uh, at RayCashCare.com or excuse me, www.RayCashCare.com. And um, my Facebook is uh, frogmindset.com. And other than that, if you guys need me for anything, please reach out, DM, call, send me a smoke signal, and we will yeah, make it happen. You, they DM you about the Project Squire or any of that, they can get a hold of you, right? Yes. All you have yeah. to do on my Instagram, just DM me, Project Squire or LTD, and I will be happy to send you all the information you need, set up a call, and we will make it happen. All right, brother. Well, this was, this was a lot of information, man. I'm that a was lot of man. So listen, listen. Tag. This is a lot of good stuff. Screenshot this. Leave us a review. Tag both Ray and I. We'll share it out. More men need to hear this kind of stuff, man. And they're making a difference. And uh, I appreciate it. Thanks, brother. And uh, I hope your legs just fucking hurt on the drive back up to Virginia. If they did, I'd never tell you. (laughs) All right, brother. Thanks, man. Thank you, sir. See you guys in the next episode.